Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode 107 of the Nick and Matt Show. Tonight's episode presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. They have a lot going on over there. In fact, if you go check, they aren't selling discs anymore, but you want to see what they are doing, go visit CosmicDG.com. We'll talk more about it in future episodes. In fact, they provided a player pack for everybody that's in studio tonight. Can you show us the studio cam, Ben? Real quick. We've got a handful of players in here, and if you're trying to take a quick glance right now, uh, we're star studded tonight. Most notably, Chris Dickerson's wife in studio, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is exciting for us. Nick, you're here just barely. You have to lean yep. forward so people can oh. see your face. There, boom. See, now they see you. What up? <laughs> I am here. Yeah, now everyone else gets blocked out. Well, it is my show, so. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. So, we've got a lot planned tonight. It's going to be fun. We got games, we got trivia, all different stuff. Uh, Evan's in studio. Everybody's in studio. Ben, everybody. Um, go, to Ev- go to Evan. Oh, am I on? <laughs> you are on. So we've got everybody here, but we I want to shout it out for our listeners because they didn't see. They're sitting right now in their cars driving like, who's there? <laughs> so we got Isaac Robinson, uh, the kid in the middle. Oh, wait, Gannon Burr. Alden Harris. Alden, we're going to just throw it out there real quick for you. In the last two rounds, how far under par did you shoot in the last two rounds you played? 22 under par. Woo. 10 down the last round. And down. <laughs> 12 and 10. All right. So that's. Okay. So that's Alden Harris. And then on the other side, if we go back to the room cam, you will see Chris Dickerson, uh, Brittany, his wife, and Hello. Big Germ, Jeremy Colling. And I think that's everybody. Hi. Oh, intern Ben. Intern, if you, intern. <laughs> ben, if you wait. <laughs> there you are. Yeah, cool. All right, so that's everybody. Uh, so welcome everybody to the show. We're excited to do this. This is our technically our third MVP open show. Uh, this is the second we've done in this format. And I'm going to throw it right over to Evan. Wow, I feel like I heard someone's heart beating. It must have been <laughs> someone tapping on the mic. <laughs> Maybe it was like a heartbeat. I started getting nervous. Yeah. Like it made me feel nervous. Um, I'm going to throw it over to. No, it <laughs> Gannon's still in the phase where he has to constantly be touching a disc. Like at all times, I got to like feel it out. Like, how is this going to fly? Yeah, sure. Well, we're throwing discs See, across I don't need studio. This, you can have it back. <laughs> I've done that for 16 years. So I'm good. Okay. So this is going to be fun. I'm going to toss it over to Evan. Toss, no pun intended. But I'm going to toss it over to Evan to give us the recap of GMC. We have players in the room who participated there. Um, actually, all of them. Yep. All, okay. I, yeah, I believe all of them. Who placed the worst out of everybody? Ooh. Uh, Mirror Jeremy. <laughs> not going to say. Oh, no. It's not Jerm. <laughs> One down. <laughs> Keep it at that. Nick uh, Carl finished the worst in the room. <laughs> Dang it. That's okay. It, oh, man. I keep well, hanging out with all these good disc golfers, and I'm like, yeah. one day I'll be able to say that I beat someone in the room. Well, you did Today is not this day. At Waco, round two. Round Just one. round one. Yeah. One round. And then Jeremy <laughs> yeah. trashed me on Joe Mess the next day. What do they call it? A one I did round not one? I'm kidding. You. No, he did I, not at all. I, totally kidding. I wanted to so yeah. badly, but I, I you had every over opportunity. And I was like, oh. Well, Don't say enough, what you think. I will say, funny enough, at Waco, so okay. round one happens, then round two happens. The next day, I see Jeremy. We're all warming up, playing for round three. And I had on my night logo hat, and he goes, NC, what's that What's that stand for? North Carolina? And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, uh, 
Nick my, Carl. My and name. he's like, oh my God, I'm so, so dumb. dumb. I felt so dumb. And it was just, that was a funny moment. That was the one takeaway from that weekend. <laughs> that was your one takeaway? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I went from first place to missing cash, so there wasn't really much in between that, yeah. you know. Okay, Anyways, this is times. how the show will be tonight, but let's you guys can rouse Evan's takes here or just how he brings the stats if you want, but Evan, give us GMC. What All happened? Right. First playoff event. The first playoff event in Disc Golf Pro Tour history. What that means, we'll find out. But we had Kristen Tatar taking it down in FPO. Uh, she wins by seven strokes. It was tied going into the final round, but she had a, a fantastic final round to take it home. It's her fifth Elite Series or Major of the season. It's her third in a row. And if you include silvers, that's four in a row. Um, that's the fifth player ever in FPO history to have four straight elite majors or silver series wins in a row. Um, she has now had three straight events of elite series and majors over a thousand event rating, which is the first time ever in FPO history. Uh, just packing on the accolades of an incredible season. Hannah Blomers finishes in second place. Uh, seven strokes back. Uh, she was the one that was tied with Kristen Starr going into the final round. Unfortunately, did not take it home. And we had Owen Scoggins coming in with a podium finish, uh, which is absolutely incredible for Owen, who is an FP40 player, if you didn't already know that. That's her sixth Elite Series or Major Podium on the year. Uh, it's tied for third most with Katrina Allen this season, and it's only one behind Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar on this season. Wow. So... That is GMC. We're going to talk about playoffs and the experience there and what maybe will be done going forward, what we thought of it. But that was, uh, that was GMC for you. And Kristen yeah. Tatar, by the way, for anyone who's looking at our live feed right now, yes, we advertise her as coming. Uh, Nick told her it was at his house. No, I, so that's, that's <laughs> not how I said it. But there, there was a miscommunication. And uh, I had sent a message earlier just like, hey, this is what's going on they didn't receive it in time. And so maybe oh. when I talked to her in weeks past, maybe I right. accidentally miscommunicated at my it. house. But anyways, yeah, yada, yada. So the chat says they're boycotting short, us. Miscommunication so. on my end of things. <laughs> and uh, I did say, since we're going to be live for a little while, yeah. I did say, if you do still want to come, like, please come Absolutely. down. They have the address and everything. So Cookies, if she shows up, great. If apple not, crisp. We will be getting her on eventually i'm calling so. that more of the apple crisp in a sorry bit. we're gonna we're just gonna do a special show it's for chris exactly it'll just be the Kristen show we always have an excuse of why it's not Kristen's time like it's european exactly. schedule it's her travels now she's here in town and we're still still yeah okay yes, my bad no <laughs> we made nick take the fall for that one <laughs> okay um so let's do this dg max wax i don't know in the room have you heard of dg max wax anybody in the room Anybody in the room? DG Max. Has anyone heard of him say something? If not, then we can just assume that no one's heard of him. Absolutely. So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Here, I'm going to throw this to the big germ. (laughs) Slice his head off. Go to the room cam. No. Just look at that product. You don't even have to react to it if you unless you want to. But this product, as you pass it around, I'm going to talk about it. This product has become a favorite of mine. Now, I am only a 930 rated amateur. For me. When I get this oh, this sick. feeling of wax on my fingers, yeah, they do have something called Snapstick, and it is a in the chapstick sized container for this wax. It smells great, citradelic. Smell it, mm, really nice. It's supposed to be essential oils that calm you and make you centered and focused. Uh, <laughs> the sniff on camera is wonderful. 
But I use DG Max Wax for all conditions. It does not replace a dry bag or a birdie bag or anything else. You dry your hands, and then you just get just the right amount of this. And the grip enhancement and confidence is at a all-time high for me, dgmaxwax.com. Use the code Nick and Matt, and you get a percentage off, and you help support Disc Golf Company Startup. It's an awesome product. Um, I have another one. If anyone's interested, here's another one. Here, Alden. You got here, Alden. There you go. You guys can take a look or take it. The snap stick is great. The mini is a, is legal. <clears throat> All right. Another notable just walked into the room. She may not want to be shouted out, but Big Germ's fiance. Fiance. By the way, Big Germ, Jeremy, do you like this the the word fiance? Because Evan here and his fiance are like whoa, they don't like whoa. the wording of fiance. Uh, okay, first off, Hold on. Are you talking in a microphone? Give him the you can comment on that if you'd like. Are you the spelling? Is it the oh. spelling, Evan? Well, yeah. Okay, that confuses me. But no, it's... I, I don't know. It's the terminology. Like, I don't like the word hubby. If my wife, no, wife wants to call me that, hubby, that I'm like, worse. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> uh, the word fiancé, I think is... I think it's fancy. Great. And I sometimes uh, call Jules my finance, because I think that's kind of funny, because they're so close. Um, She's my finance. And, yeah, like that's all that. I have to say about that. All right. I, I don't, what I don't understand is... Are there one E or two E's? <laughs> That's the thing. And is there and yeah. is there like a emphasis I, stroke over yeah, one? Yeah, but of I've those? also seen it with two E's. Is it like feminine and masculine? Yes, I think there's a difference. I think the, but do, do we have that in in the U.S.? Like the Americanized version of it should just be spelled one way. What he does, he does. I'm on okay. We can't we can't hear Ben unfortunately. So yeah. here's. <clears throat> we we got off got off topic, and that's how the show will be a little bit. Here is where we're going with this. For the room. Whoever feels like they want to have a voice on this topic, we were just talking about this over smoked pulled pork upstairs. Let's just get everybody feeling out the topic of playoffs in general. Nick, you had a take. Do you want to do you want to preface it with your take that you were talking about upstairs, like playoffs? Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly. You said like individual so, sport. So I think kind of looking at it from an individual sport standpoint to where like I'm playing against the field, I'm playing against the course, you know, it doesn't matter what Chris shoots, I'm going to shoot my own score. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of wonder like, what is the point of playoff events in the sense of like, there's the championship at the end where you get a points throughout the whole year. So why actually, and I'll say this, it's not because I played bad. I'm just genuinely like, why, why do we need a playoff format? If the points, like you get extra points for being in the playoffs and like how well you see, you get bonus points for it. They're worth what? Like 125% now yep. or something like that. Um, so I understand that, but at the same time, like why do we need playoffs? If let's say like in years past, it's been the top 32 players just make it into the finals. And then the more playoff structure almost happens all in the same tournament where there's like three rounds of playoffs and then there's the final round, which that's where the champion comes in. So that's kind of my take on it of, in the sense of like, I don't really understand the whole like playoff word that we're doing for so it. So I agree. And we want to hear other inputs besides Nick and Matt tonight. They're yeah. in, in studio, but I will just generally say, I want to see it spread out. So the playoff is a thing and good job for them for trying the championship or the finale how they're doing multiple rounds and how you're seated going into that. I would like to see that spread out. So round one, Alden, Gannon, Isaac, round one is like the finale start. Let's play off round one GMC. So like your season points accrue through the season, like normal, you go into GMC, a playoff round seated that way. And what are the seating means? 
I think they give you strokes, somehow advantage. So you start the round with higher strokes or better strokes. You finish that how you do, and then you go into round two of the playoffs with that new stroke seeding, and then you do it again until you get to the finale, which is like now you've really seeded yourself based off of playoffs, and I think the season mattered, and I think the playoffs are more exciting because you're not already secure to buy. Like Paul Macbeth, he said the playoffs mean nothing to me because literally there's, there no, there's no effect for him. I would like to see it matter for everybody. But anyways, does anybody else have a take? A I, big germ. Uh, I think giving Ricky Wysocki, Paul Macbeth. Strokes. Chris Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Heimberg strokes. Gannon Burr, honestly. Isaac. I mean, heck, all these guys. I think giving them strokes. Nick Carl. I said all these guys. I, said, I think uh, if anything, we go the opposite way. We're giving me strokes. Okay. All right. I think it's like a, I think we're giving thirty second place. I need. I get like five strokes, and then you guys. It's, a handicap. it's and, a handicap. It shouldn't take too long, but we'll eventually all be square, and it'll be an exciting finish. So don't do strokes. What other idea no, could you I, I use though they, for they this seating idea? They tried doing something like that. I believe with FedEx. I'm not a, uh, in golf. Yeah, I think they, they give them strokes, right? And 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 I think that works maybe more in a golf format um, just because the, I think the, the skill is the disparity is less across the board. I mean, obviously there are certain players that emerge throughout the season because they are superior to the other players on tour, but in golf, it is just, there's so many more people. The talent pool is so much more even keeled that like even in 32 player format with our playoffs, if we're given an advantage to the guys who are already in first place, Okay. Like, that is sayonara. So let's come up like, with let's come up no with a better idea. Let's come sport. up with a better idea. No strokes and it's just seeding. How do we make the playoffs more exciting to where Paul Macbeth, I'm just picking his name, he's not here. Paul Macbeth has a reason to play. Chris Dickerson has a reason to play. Like if you make the if you secure it, like how would you make it more exciting? How do you make the playoffs more exciting? We got people in the room who might have some ideas. What do you think, Gannon? The microphone's up to your mouth. Any idea? Um, any ideas at all? Was this exciting for you? Like it's um, a playoff event. Was there any difference? No, no difference. <laughs> exactly. So how do we do that? The difference was the uh, pro tour points, but I'm already in the semifinal round, so it didn't make a big difference for me. Um, I don't know. It would take me a couple minutes to decide like exactly what we could do to make it more exciting. But right now, it's not. No other effect. It was just called the playoffs, and no one knew why. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'll, kind of my point i'll offer up a, like a thinking prompt is like currently in the format if you're top eight in mpo or top four in fpo it doesn't matter if you're first or fourth slash eighth it all means the same you're getting that buy to the semifinals so i think there should be something to differentiate first compared to second compared to third compared all the way to eighth what that is i don't have quite answered but <laughs> i think there should be something chris has an answer uh, I don't really know about an answer, but like uh, Gannon said, there wasn't a huge difference between what we played last weekend and any other tournament we mm -hmm. played this year. Besides the fact that the, the field was less, and then we uh, went to a cut the last round. Same thing we're going to be doing this weekend. We're going to have a less field going into a cut of probably in the 20s. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, think about that. That's less people getting paid out this tournament i don't like that very much Ooh, you're saying it's a negative effect yeah i don't like it i'm not a fan of it so have this, you seen this have we seen the numbers actually projected for like payouts here i'm assuming you're well, right what did, evan would you say are there 72 spots i'm talking mpo right now but there's 72 spots and then eight for the qualifiers uh something like that i heard right, so let's say it's let's say something. it's 80 people and you MPO. cut 40 percent or 
60% of the field yep. after that. And so we're going to have, what, a 35-person final round? I like cuts for normal tournaments. I think cuts is a great thing, especially at four-round events. I think it's great. But kind of hearing the pros talk about it right now is why do we need these playoffs in a sense if they're not making it feel any different got a couple things first off i think that um i think that if we are going to do these playoffs i think that maybe we should consider doing something that steve dodge the former director of the disc golf pro tour did with the the uh players cup down in florida the match play event where every player that qualified or was invited already was in the money and if we're going to do these fields let's just make these a points grab but let's not penalize people for going up there because the chance of cashing and, and all that, like you've made it to the playoffs. Now, if we're going to call these playoffs, like, congratulations, you've done it. Yes. You are in the, you are now in the, at money. the place where you are starting to make money. This shouldn't be a financial zap for people who are going Absolutely. up there at the farthest reach of the country to, well, to stay in these places, these RV parks or the hotels so can we do it it's similar? And I hate to bring it back because even the chat's roasting me right now. Can we do it though, where you spread it out like the finale is? Spread it out. I don't, I don't out. know if you necessarily need to do that. I think You're in the just, money if you go to like, GMC. I think that the the fact that the 125 percent in the points that itself is a big deal. Okay. And I think that there was a little bit of like confusion for a person like me. Like I'm going into these final events, <clears throat> uh, going into last week, and I was in 29th place, and I and I bombed last weekend. And I don't even know what place I'm in right now. I haven't checked. I'm sure the information's out there. But I would have <laughs> Evan's liked, working right now. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen throughout the event, like a fixed number on the left-hand column that says what place you're in, right, coming into this event. And then next to that, projected finish based on the placement that you're currently in. So that way I can know how much of an effect my play currently has on they did that. I would just like to know that, but they did that. Well, yeah. yeah. So I think I, I, I didn't even want to, I was too sick to even look at you desk. Okay. To be fair, I was a little dejected that was available. Okay. So hats off to them for doing that. They listened to me last year when I suggested that. No, I'm kidding. I didn't we'll just edit this out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's really funny. Everyone's laughing at me right now. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 I have a great idea. What if we made a circular object that we could throw? Give me this. No. <laughs> Give me this. All right. Uh, so I guess that was my fault for not knowing that was a part of the thing. Um, and Evan, can you? Uh, yeah, I was going to bring me. it. I was going to bring it back to. Uh, <laughs> I was going to bring it back to the cash that uh, uh, Jerm was talking about. I mean, not only does uh, the financial trip of Dang getting it. all the way out to uh, Vermont and Massachusetts, it can be a tough on players. Um, but Katrina Allen and Sarah Hokum, both very notable players in FBO, both missed the cut. Um, they both ended incredibly long cash streaks, which is an important thing to a lot of players. Uh, Katrina Allen was sitting at 150 straight elite series and majors uh, in the cash. Sarah Hokum was at 106. They both are down at zero. Uh, and, and yeah, that's one event. You know, what is a streak? But also that is a big deal to a lot of people. I mean, I'm sitting right next to German. We all know that. He sits right next to Nate Sexton a lot of the time. <laughs> that was a weird way of saying that. But uh, but he has the longest active streak in MPO. And if he did make the trip to Vermont, it would have been pretty hard for him to make that. And that could be a lot of uh, a, a lot, lot of, of it. Uh, it could be a big deal to Nate, but also his fans, to fans of everyone. It's, it's a big talking point in disc golf. All right. Well, we're not going to solve it here, but I do think it would be interesting because players in the room said there was no difference. The players in the that aren't in the room here that were on that line of maybe making or not, did they feel like it? Do you think they did? 
Well, how about how about you? Did you feel like this event was any different than any other ones that you've watched? No, on the because network? I don't feel like they did good job with the storylines for those who it mattered for. Now, I would love to see a separate like event, even if it's one round the day before where they televise it, DGN, the stories here, these are the players who are close. If these players place top 10 in this round, like they're in. Like make it exciting because yeah, it wasn't. There was no difference. So it's just like watching another tournament yeah. for the most part yeah. in the sense of like who's going to win it, who gets There's going to have to be changes. Stuff like that. There so will have to be changes. This is where it's kind of like you you have all these tournaments throughout the year and it's been a super busy schedule for the touring players who go to every single event and they get X amount of points for their placements. But then all of a sudden now two events throughout the year that you have to spend the money to get out to. The tournament entry fee was 350 bucks. Like, you know, it's a good chunk of change, especially going out to Vermont, which is an expensive area for the resort. Now you add on to their points, but if this person has one bad weekend, then another player who has a good weekend jumps up. It's just like, it didn't feel like where, where was the playoff? And I'm wondering for Absolutely. people that are in the chat right now, like, do you feel like this felt like a playoff? Cause I remember one of my favorite things that they did years ago as a fan and a spectator, I don't know how it was for the pros, but I think it was back in 2016 where the finals was in Vermont mm -hmm. and they did that, you know, you're seated on a card, mm -hmm. you got to win your card. And then, you get to the next round. I don't know if you guys liked it when it was like that back then. I didn't, I didn't like that because okay. there, there were guys who were shooting 10 down and then another card, they were shooting six under. <laughs> and the right. six unders were going on and the 10, and the, that's 10 right. the nine down wasn't because of a and 10 then down. They, the they made an okay. adjustment the next year where there was like uh, the, the, the wild card mm -hmm. guy. So like if you did shoot the 10 down, you shot the next best score. Yeah. It still was like totally subjective on what card you're on. And then like, we're not that like we're we're not at a place where we can control like what card we're gonna be on at the end of the season. And that was everything. <laughs> like what card you played on. We had Drew Gibson true literally taking bogeys on the last hole so that way yeah. he didn't have to play against Paul McBeth in the final round. Yep. And I and just to touch on the whole playoff thing, like as a commentator, it's my job to speak on the drama, on the story, and to develop, you know, what's going on out there with the players and all that. And I have I had nothing. I I mean I've clearly not all caught up on all the details apparently but <laughs> if, from what information i did have and from as a player in the event i felt no different than it being in that normal tournament as we've all echoed and as a commentator like bringing the action to the fans i didn't know how to like make it be what something. yeah what am i saying about it it's a tournament right now there's a battle between ricky and chris and that's all we could focus on yeah. because that was the only thing that mattered as far as talking about the points like those guys are already locked in the top eight so what, what are they competing for? More locked into the top eight? Like, what's well, exciting about that? Brittany next know. to you has an idea. Why are you guys overcomplicating this? <laughs> I think it's just like, okay, the top eight guys or the top three or four or five, whatever, maybe they want to win the points. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that what the playoffs I for? just feel like the pro tour, why are they doing this? And we can kind of wrap it up unless others have an input here, which we're cool to go with. <laughs> I, I just think they're trying to make it exciting. They're trying to ramp the excitement up. And part of that phase one was calling it a playoff. That Unfortunately, that's how they had to start it. Just like the player card. Yeah. Let me ask this. What does the player card actually mean to you? Like Chris or Gannon or anybody? Do you guys have the player card? The like tour the tour card? card? Yeah, sorry, the tour card. Okay, so you feel the same way. Like, there's no, no value, but we're calling it. Tour card? Incorrect. Hold on. Gan Gannon says it means nothing. He have a significant other on tour, so okay. of course it means nothing to okay. him. Interesting take. All right, I'm gonna, I want to go back to, I want to go back to the playoffs really. <laughs> Say it into the mic. I want to go back to the playoffs really quick. Isaac, how many events have you played this you year? You got to hand him a mic, though. <laughs> uh, I have played everything since Portland, basically. 
Um, I don't know how many that is. And you showed up at Portland, too. I did, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. How much did these points, Mike? If he plays top. We can't hear Nick at all. Literally, we can't hear you if you don't use a mic. (laughs) So you haven't played as many events as, let's say, Gannon when it comes to Elite Series events, but you've won out of Wild. You've done great at other tournaments, and you got, what, second or third place here? Yeah, tied for second. Tied for second. Mm -hmm. How much did these points matter to you? A lot, actually. Okay, so this is where Isaac is our one player right now that in this room, I think, Alden as well. I know you've played a lot more events, but you finished in 11th with two stellar last rounds. Like, did these extra weighted points help you out when it came to were you on the cusp of being in the finals? Are you in the finals now, or do you have to do very well here? Well, like, <laughs> Stereo, I, mate. I, am, I think I was in like 20th. Sorry. I think I was in like 20th. So the extra points to get in the top 16 would have been huge, but it still didn't have too much of a. All right. I didn't think about it too much. Okay. So for a player like Isaac, this was something where the playoffs actually did mean a lot. And Isaac showed up at the right tournament to where these extra weighted points. Because okay. where do you know where you were sitting before and where you're sitting at now? Uh, I was in the top 32, but now I'm in the top 16. So, so that's massive. Uh, Isaac's sitting at exactly 16th. So it means a lot because that's a bite of the quarterfinals yeah, uh, compared exactly. to cool. uh, not the play in, but the normal first round. So playoffs just, again, we'll just say, and Brittany yeah, pointed this cool. out so nicely, like the top players, like it just doesn't matter. Like don't get so deep into it. The last couple of things I want to say is, is the, the winning moments for the winners were really exciting for their own right. So Kristen Tatar winning, like she's been incredibly dominant the last chunk of events. Like that was the driving story. Although there's playoffs and a lot of other things happening, that was so driving where you're focusing in on that. And because of the way that coverage is right now, you still only focus on the top couple cards. Like sure you can live can jump to the third and fourth, but we're not really seeing those people who are in the early rounds. Like Katrina Allen, who missed the cut. She was on an early card that round three, and she was just not having a great round. There was no live coverage, but if there was, you could talk about her missing the cut and being like, she is now in a place where she might not guarantee a buy. She might be in the first round, but because she's playing earlier, there's not the chance to tell that story. And that's just where we are right now. Whereas when we're talking about the winners, it was so exciting to talk about Kristen and her dominant placing her jumping into first over Paige Pierce. Doesn't mean a lot. That's a problem that we could potentially fix, but just the the winning is still so important. And that's still such a good story to talk about that. That's driving it. And that's okay. But I think MVP will be a lot different because it's a lot more obvious. Hey, this is your last chance. Isaac sitting right here, he could be battling with Adam Hammes. They could be both on final card last day. And if Isaac beats him, he's into the quarterfinals. If Hammes beats him, chances are the points will put Hammes in front of Isaac. And, you know, all things considered, you know, they could be beating other players and that's where it gets complicated too. But like Isaac versus Adam would be an intense battle where even if they're, let's just hypothetical, let's say you guys are out of it. You guys are third and fourth and you're five strokes back on in the final hole. That could still be an exciting final uh, approach onto whole 18 we just need to tell the story though that's what i'm it, saying it's and like, i think that story needs to be focused at mvp and for what it's worth the fpo was more exciting for points going into the playoff than the mpo now is this a story that's going to change as we go further into the future of disc golf too where it maybe won't be so dominant where gannon gets a win uh you know next year and so does isaac and so does alden and it spreads it out right we have 10 different mpo winners and we don't have people placing as high regular. And Nick makes lead card second round. <laughs> Just kidding. But like the point is, 
maybe we have it where it's not so dominant with the top five or six people too. It could be more exciting going into the last round. So that's good. We could talk about this forever. Nick, final thought. Yeah, just kind of like going through a little bit of the chat. Like Daniel, one of our longtime listeners goes, it's more exciting to watch who is winning the tournament, not who is gaining points, even though they're back in 10th or so. So, I mean, that's kind of where if you're not driving the story of how much this matters, like Isaac was in 32nd, but bam, he just bumped up to you know, 16th because he got second place. If you're not driving that story, like we've been saying the last 10 minutes, then (laughs) there's not really that much like feeling to it rather than, you know, Ricky just hit an umbrella in the round. Like people are way more excited to kind of see. But that is way more compelling. I think what is is Ricky going for the win, hitting an umbrella with Chris right in his tail. (laughs) That's more compelling than who's getting a quarter quarterfinal buy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That has to be more compelling. Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, my point. And yeah. I, we're agreeing now, I realize. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 99% of us are agreeing. <laughs> Evan's like trying to fight me, and I'm just like, yo, relax. Like, we're on the same team. I'm fighting with you. Let's go. Yeah, I'm fighting with you. So, okay. By the way, shout out to Jules and Brittany. People are asking for your commentary on this discussion. They want a side room where you guys are commentating. And by the way, Jules. shout out to Jules. Good job on the commentary from Funky Farms is a chat comment coming in. So there is love coming for everybody in the room. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. We are going to jump into a game that we've never done on the Nick and Matt show before. You guys are the first part of this. We don't even have an intro song or nothing. We're going into it. It's called Guess the Presser. And what we're going to do, I scanned through, what was the word I said? Snagged in the pre-show? Yeah, snagged, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a new show term. I snagged quotes from the press conference from this weekend. <laughs> I don't have a definition for that word, but that's what Snacks I did. Okay. Well, you want to know what I just found out? Kind of crazy. Who named the earth? Earth. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> like, I even. Tra- <laughs> I believe that's a little dicky. All right. Well, the there you go. Is- I just learned something new then. But anyways, so, Nick, so Nick, 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 are there more? Yes, those little dicky. Are there more doors or wheels? Oh, I, this was a trend, wasn't it? Like last yes, year. Yes, doors or wheels. Ooh, you'd have to assume. Are All we right. counting house it's, doors? It's wheels every as well. Door. Every door. Every single door. Oh God! But there's it's four wheels. wheels for every car. But there's it's four. Wheels. Yeah, doors but there on could every be. Car. There could be ten doors for yeah. one house. Okay. We're going to wrap that conversation well, up. Yeah, it's we talked about one. skateboard wheels, too? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, dude. Honestly, it's a really tough question. It's yes. Never All right. I can't yell into the microphone, but we're going to get into the game. So here's how the game works. I'm going to read off a quote. You guys all take five or 10 seconds maximum to think about who it is. If you have a smartphone, you can punch in your answer or just promise yourself and everyone else you won't change it. What was that? We should have whiteboards. They don't even have a theme song yet, Brittany. Just use your phone. I'll trust you to type into it. Oh, we're we're writing it on our phones? That would be the best case. Here we go. So here's how it works. I'm going to read the quote. And then, you guys, I'm going to tell you who the options are. And obviously, the chat and everyone listening in here can play along. Our options tonight that were in the press conference were. So, listen up. These are going to be your options for guessing. Oh, can you go up there and shut the bulkhead? It's raining into my my basement. (laughs) It's going to scream like a monster, dude, because the bulkhead. No, just go do it. I was trying to get cool air in here. This is funny. Live shows, everybody. My basement's flooding. So here, yeah, just pull it down. You got to hike up there. (laughs) Let's put a camera on Ben doing this. (laughs) Take off your socks. Go barefoot, man. This is easy stuff here. (laughs) Intern Ben. 
You work in the fishing industry. Let's go. Okay. This is so funny. It's like raining outside. The bulkhead's open. I don't know. Do they have bulkheads in other parts of the country? They don't. So we're in a basement. Do you have basements? Do you call them cellars? Do you call them cellars or basements? Okay. So like basements are like a thing really in New England a lot. And bulkheads. So you don't have bulkheads though, which is like the access way to get down into your basement from outside. It's like a covered like metal thing. Yeah. It's called a cellar. It's like a yeah. cellar door. Okay, that's my point, though. We don't call in, them cellars here. So in the Wizard of Oz, it's, it's what they jump down the into, right? It's called a bulkhead. <laughs> okay. Thank you, intern Ben. Back yeah, see, to the Nick, scheduled game. Mansplaining is when a, a, a man like yourself talks down oh, to... I think we've talked uh, about it with Brittany on the show, actually, <laughs> yes, live. Yes, she told Nick what's up. Okay, here's the names. Here we go. Here are your name options for the game. Guess the presser. You're going to be able to choose from Jeff Spring, Chris Dickerson himself, Sarah Hokum. If you get this wrong, Chris, I swear. <laughs> Sarah Hokum, Paul Macbeth, Kristen Tatar, Aaron Gossage, Henna Blumroos, Paige Pierce, Ricky Wysocki, Joel Freeman, Jessica Weiss, Lisa Fakus. Now, whoa, whoa. if you need me to, I can say out who your options are when we get there again. Yeah. But maybe you'll have a feeling about who it is. But I'll say it one more time. Jeff Spring. Hold on. Let's let's give me a little. Okay. All right. Chris Dickerson. All right. CD. Sarah Hokum. Paul Macbeth. Kristen Tatar. Aaron Gossage. We're halfway. Oh. <laughs> Hannah Blumroos. Paige Pierce. Ricky Wysocki. Oh God. Joel Freeman. Jessica Weasley. Lisa Fagus. You 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 can ask for that again. Here we go. Quote number one. Don't look on the screen, Evan, if you want to play. Okay, and you're gonna hit you have the you have the audio queued up? Okay. <clears throat> Don't go after it yet. Here we go. Quote number one. Listen, here it is. He transports me to a whole other world and like time stands still. You don't know if you're in 1991 when you were born or 2040, 20 years from now. It's pretty special. He transports me? Yes. This was in a press conference? <laughs> yes, it was. When does this even come up? <laughs> so <laughs> It was, he transports me to a yeah. whole other world, and like time stands still, you don't know if you're right in 1991, yeah, when like, you were born, bar trivia, you just announced, or 2040, for everyone. 20 years from now, it's pretty special. Is Luke Humphreys one of these options? That sounds <laughs> no. like something he would say. Okay, who's ready? Let's uh, start with Nick. Oh, oh, Big Germ, I saw your hand. I'm, I'm with my fiance, I think it's Weiss. Okay, he says Weiss. Now remember, don't change your answers. Uh, Brittany, you're playing, right? Can you say your answers into the mic? Do you guys mind? Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm gonna go with Jessica as well. Okay. What did you say? Chris Dickerson. I'm gonna go with Sarah Hokum. Sarah Hokum. Jules, you're playing, right? Sure. Okay. Jessica Weiss. Jessica Weiss. Uh, I'm gonna say Jeff Spring. Jeff Spring. He transports me. Talking about Todd Rainwater. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Hokum. Joel Freeman. Yes. <laughs> Jessica Weiss. And Ben, you're going to guess? Finally have the mic. All right. Sarah Don't Hocum. Don't take it. Don't Sarah Hocum <laughs> and Evan. I'm saying Sarah Hocum as well. I just saw a glimmer of hope and like power in his eyes. I mean, eye. I'm so. I know. They abuse the intern here. They pay me in jerky, guys. Help me. Please. Okay. So here is the answer. Does anybody want to change their answer? Because th there's a clue in here. They oh. take you back. You don't know if you're 1991 when you were born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You know what? Actually, I would like to change my answer. Yeah, no way is my answer right. I'd like to change my answer. 
Kristen Tatar. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah, no, yeah, Kristen is, yes. Okay. It doesn't matter, you change it, everybody's wrong. The answer is Paige Pierce. Go ahead, oh. go ahead and give us uh, the- Bands go in town, go see some shows near you and I recommend Billy Strings. He uh, transports me to a whole other world and like time stands still. You don't know if you're in 1991 when you're born or 20, 40, 20 years from now, you know, it's, it's pretty special. Okay, so that was wow. Paige Pierce. <clears throat> We're doing our best Tracy to broadcast is... audio in studio and mics in studio. We're doing pretty good with it, I think. Here we go. Quote number two. You ready? I didn't watch the chat. Who's getting these right? Some people did. All right. Sue and Raleigh and Westy Acres. Yeah, they're getting it right after the answer came out. Chris Carpenter. <laughs> okay. Here's quote number two. It means a lot. I'm somebody who kind of derives, you know, meaning and works with passion for my profession. And you know, I'm in disc golf industry because I love it. Okay, so we can start with Brittany. We'll keep going that way because Big Germ answered first. So, Oh, yeah, that's true. Everyone needs like five seconds. So I'll read it one more time. Requote, please. It means a lot. I'm somebody who kind of derives, you know, meaning and works with passion from my profession. And you know I'm in disc golf industry because I love it. All right, so Brittany's up. All right. We're gonna go ahead, pat, we're gonna go yeah. Um, if it's not Jeff Spring, I'm gonna be very shocked. It's not. That's uh, I don't know. I'm playing a game. Um, the way that you read it sounded like Ricky saying it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not. That's not like that's just. I gotta read it differently. <clears throat> One more time, and yeah. I'm gonna read it as the plainly you as I like can. A, that's the a giveaway for me. It means a lot. I'm somebody who kind of derives, you know, <laughs> now you're making me say, you know, meaning and works with passion from my profession. And you know, I'm in disc golf industry because I love it. Now I'm like imagining different people as I read it. It's pretty fun. All right. So did you guess uh, Big Germ? We'll go I, I mean, I said, you know, it's got to be Ricky. Okay. Chris Diggerson. It's Ricky, you know. <laughs> I said Jeff Spring. Okay. Jeff Spring. Are you saying the you know? No, I, this is, this is verbatim. verbatim. Thank you. Ricky. Ricky. Jeff Spring. <laughs> Joel Freeman. <laughs> You'll get right one of these. I'm also going with Joel Freeman. Okay. I think the Dickersons are playing a trick on us. Chris Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. They're going to get their own I, wrong. I'm, I'm going with Joel Freeman. <laughs> okay, so let's, yeah, get ready to cue up the mute this time. And then go ahead. Uh, I want to say, yeah, let's, yeah, go ahead. So you yeah, look I mean, around and see all this and what it's become for in the past decade. What does it mean to you personally? It means a lot. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who uh, kind of derives, you know, meaning and, and works with passion from my profession. And, you know, I'm, I'm in disc golf uh, industry because I love it. I'm passionate. Um. There we go. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so that one is, yeah, interesting. And I feel like when you start really analyzing these, it sounds like Jeff when you hear it, the way he talks. The dead giveaway was industry. But it was almost so much of a giveaway that it seemed like it was too obvious. It could have been Ricky. You guys had a good guess. I was like, ah, oh, it could have been. No, here, look, look, look. That's kind of condescending there, Brittany. You need to. We love him. Yeah. 
I will say, knowing Ricky since 2010, maybe 2011, I think 2010, that dude has come leaps and bounds. Oh, my God. His, Goodness. his public speaking. I mean, I, I actually he's a different person. He was awkward for a yes. long time. Okay, your your comment might not have been condescending, but I was just kind of messing. I was <laughs> I was just poking fun. But that dude was unable to speak at all in front of Mike. Absolutely, I remember that. And it was very it was anxious and it and it honestly made you feel a little uncomfortable for him because you could feel his discomfort. And now he's actually one of my favorite post-conference interviews to listen to because he is so poised. And his confidence is exuding and his he's choosing really uh he's choosing words that like you can relate to even if you've never been the best in the world at something. <laughs> it's true. It's like I, I I love listening to Ricky speak now. I agree. But he's not saying the word industry. So to Chris's point. Well, well, well I just um, feel like this is funny. I was analyzing when I was coming up with these, the way Jeff talks, I was like, dude, he's just thinking of like he's not sure what he wants to say. So he keeps saying like bigger words. Yes. He's like derives, you know, meaning and works with passion from my profession, and he just keeps going on. It sounds so. very. Sometimes just I now. start a sentence and just don't know where I'm going with it, and <laughs> use then I just keep on talking until I try to. <laughs> yeah. Find an end. All right. Quote number three. All right. Uh, here we go, and I'll try not to read it like Ricky. <laughs> it just seemed like there were so many things that were stacked against what I was trying to accomplish that it was a really fun challenge to overcome all of those. I'll say it again. It just seemed like there were so many things that were stacked against what I was trying to accomplish that it was a really fun challenge to overcome all those. And I want to throw out something quick. This is what I was thinking of the last one. I do not have everybody quoted in here. So, like, I only picked seven out of the ten. So, you, some of them are going to be left blank. All right, who are we going with first? And is anybody ready? Oh, we're back yeah, over. We're okay, let's side. go. Are you ready, Chris? All right, he's locked in. Y'all locked go. in? Yeah. All right. Um, Aaron Gossage. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Okay. Don't go back. Don't no, go back. no, I'm adding him to the list. I picked Joel Freeman. Ooh. Okay. I also picked Joel Freeman. Paul Macbeth. I was going to say Paul Macbeth. Kristen Tatar. Joel Freeman. Guitar. I'm also going Joel Freeman again. Joel this. Freeman. I love this. Three in a row. It's, I, it's I went Joel. Awesome. I went Joel Freeman as well. So Let's they're go. playing a game where they'll know they'll get one right. Probably. I'm sticking with Joel <laughs> Freeman, and I'm knocking the guest Joel Freeman again seven. because I am right with these guys. All right. Fingers. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to it. Go ahead and hit it. It just seemed like there were so many things that were stacked against what I was trying to accomplish that it was it was really fun to really fun challenge to over overcome all those because he did overcome and we need to come up with points update what was that yeah yeah so Jules is saying who actually listens to all that so um if you give give her a mic she's got some good points um Okay, we need a points update, though. A points update. So let's go around the room real quick. Jerm, what do you have for ants? How many have you gotten right? Oh, I've got absolutely zero. Anybody so got much. one right? Chris Dickerson, Jules, Nick, Alden, Ben. Uh, Brittany. Brittany. And anybody have two points? We did Paige Pierce, Jeff Spring, and then we just did Paul Macbeth. Did 
So we're tied at one with a lot of people here. All right, here we go. Number four. Here we go. It's a little bit long. Even though we're used to seeing these courses that we know and love, and a lot of them are great, um, we're starting to need something different. And I don't know exactly what that something is. Um, but I love the idea of, yeah, kind of dipping our toes in the water with the Silver Series. Yeah, I think I do too. One more. Even though we're used to seeing these courses that we know and love, and a lot of them are great, um, we're starting to need something different. And I don't know exactly what that something is. Um, but I love the idea of, yeah, kind of dipping our toes in the water with the Silver Series. I'm locked in. Okay, everyone's locked in. Here we go. Go ahead. I think I listened to this because I think this was a famous uh, response that turned into other things. I think it's Ricky Wysocki that turned into the whole world's debate. I, I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Uh, just so you can see. You think I'm a cheater. <laughs> I also wrote Ricky. Sitting next to it. Sarah Holcomb. <laughs> I am saying Ricky as well. Ricky. Ricky. Kristen Tatar. What? <laughs> Sarah Holcomb. I went Tatar as well. And finally, Evan rounded out. I'm almost embarrassed to say it because I thought they were going to say it. Uh, I thought this was Chris Dickerson. I don't think I'm right anymore. <laughs> I don't think. Why would Chris be on it, though? Okay. Matt wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. We'll I know see. it. We'll There's see. not enough ums in there. To we'll be see. So here is. While everyone's locked in, yeah. Did anybody say Joel Freeman? All right, let's hit it. How important to you, or do you think, is this pipeline like to create new spaces for y'all to go play? Uh, not just not the same old, same old every year, but something fresh. Yeah, I love it. I think, you know, as we all know, disc golf is exploding, is growing like crazy. And I think with that, um, the player's skills are evolving. And with that, the courses need to evolve as well. And so even though we're used to seeing these courses that we know and love, and a lot of them are great, um, we're starting to need something different. And, and I don't know exactly what that something is, um, but I love the idea of, yeah, kind of dipping our toes in the water with the silver series kind of format to um to test some new courses out and some new designers and properties and all that um i love it okay so nobody has joel freeman (laughs) he's like that's not joel i listened to it it's an audio recording of not joel all right no points awarded there (laughs) that's okay here we go i think this is number five here it is No, that's not part of the quote. To be honest, I haven't really been worried about the results lately. I think a lot of work has been done, and I feel at ease. So, yeah, just taking one tournament at a time and hoping for the best. I'll read it one more time. To be honest, I haven't really been worried about the results lately. I think a lot of work has been done. And I feel at ease. So, yeah, just taking one tournament at a time and hoping for the best. Okay, locked in. All right. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. Kristen. Kristen. Lisa. Kristen Tatar. Lisa. 
Kristen. Aaron Gossage. <laughs> Joel Freeman. <laughs> Henna. Henna. Me and Gannon have been on the same Every wavelength time. for the past three. Aaron Gossage. Well, yeah, because Gannon's going first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's, where's right, the I'm camera? Playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Sarah Hokum. <laughs> All right. Um, we ready to play that audio clip. Here we go. I think that's number five. To, to be honest, I haven't been really worried about the results lately. I, I think uh, a lot of work has been done and uh, I feel at ease. So, yeah, just taking one tournament at a time and hoping for the best. There it is. So now... Who has two points now? The woman. Right. And the also, keep your hands raised oh, if you've played zero you tournaments this year. Okay. <laughs> they're listening no, to that, press no, that, conferences. You guys are kicking our butt. Because <laughs> they listen. No, but Alden has two. Okay, Alden has two, Jules, All right. Brittany. All right. Here we go. We have two left. This is a quote from about... Oh, no, I can't tell you what hour marker it is. You might know. Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah, I think a lot of times it turns out the world champion is the best player in the world, but there's a lot of years also that the world champion isn't the best player in the world. No. There's a difference between yeah. being a world champion Everyone, and yeah, you're good. being the best player in the world. There's a yeah. big difference. Okay. Actually, right. let everyone write it. Did, did they ask this question twice? <laughs> because I... No, you don't get to get your answer influenced by what I say or what Brittany says. Or oh, she, now she's struggling. Lock it in, Mrs. Two over there. I'm not saying she's cheating. I'm just saying, I'm saying that she's influenced by the room. Oh, she wants the whole quote. Never mind. One more time. You want it one more time. So, yeah, because you guys were killing it. Here we go. Yeah, I think a lot of times it turns out the world champion is the best player in the world, but there's a lot of years also that the world champion isn't the best player in the world. There's a big difference between being a world champion and being the best player in the world. There's a big difference. Are we going to talk about the subject after this? Because I have, I want to not immediately, but I want to say this question out loud so that I remember it. But like (laughs) when that person, whoever quoted this says a lot of players have one who aren't the best player. Who are those? What are, what are we considering a lot of players? And so that's my question. I just wanted to say it out loud because I know I'm going to forget it later. Okay, cool. Anyways, big term. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Ricky White Socky. White Socky. All right. Ricky. Ricky. Richard Wasaki. Paige Pierce. Oh. Richard Nathan Wasaki. Socky uh, Bomb. Joel Fritner. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've already used Ricky. it. <laughs> Ricky Wasaki. <laughs> Ricky. All right. Rick. Ricky. Easy. All right. So. Jules, you didn't listen to this part. You didn't listen to this part, or you didn't care about this part. Here we go. Uh, Let's play it out. It's number six. And you play, you know, and you work your way up to the finals, and then you have a series to determine who's the world champion instead of just having a week out of the year like uh, like we do. Uh, Because, you know, yeah, a lot of times it turns out that the world champion is the best player in the world, but there's a lot of years that also the world champion isn't the best player in the world. So it's, you know, there's a big, there's a difference between being a world champion and being the best player in the world. There's a big difference. <laughs> Sorry. I, I find it intriguing and there'll be multiple times I talk about it this week, but we'll push it off a little bit here. Who got that right? Everyone minus jewels. So now we have two players tied at three. So Alden and Brittany. I think it's Alden and Brittany, right? Nobody because else is tied. Because you like okay. cheating? 
All right, this is the last one. This is the last one. So if you guess the same, we're going to have to have some tiebreaker. Doubles table time. Here we go. Here we go. Number seven. Last one. I really... <laughs> Cheating in the room. No, here we go. I really didn't want to play this weekend, but here I am. I'm out here. Um, I haven't thrown a practice shot. I know these courses, so I've played them in my head multiple, multiple times. And um, I feel like I'm ready. So here we go. It's an interesting quote. Interesting quote. I really didn't want to play this weekend, but here I am. I'm out here. Um, I haven't thrown a practice shot. I know these courses, so I've played them in my head multiple, multiple times. And um, I feel like I'm ready. So here we go. Your name options, Jeff Spring, Chris Dickerson, Sarah Hocum, Paul McBeth, Chris Tatar, Kristen Tatar, Aaron Gossage, Hannah Blumroos, Paige Pierce, Ricky Wysocki, Joel Freeman, Jessica Weiss, Lisa Fakus. <laughs> Jewel says no one would actually say this. Are we locked in? We got to know who's I'm locked in. in. Locked in? Start it up, Jerm. Jay Weezy. I went with Sarah Hokum because she's always performed phenomenally at Green Mountain. Now I have to pick something different. <laughs> you can't. You can't pick something different. Before I say mine, I saw Sarah practicing, so you're wrong. Uh, Paige Pierce. <laughs> you're wrong. Ricky. <laughs> Ricky. I did Sarah Hokum. Lisa Fakers. Jessica Weiss. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, Sarah Hokum. Henna. Henna. Henna's played these courses multiple times. And Evan. Times. Chris. That's wrong. <laughs> wrong. This is okay. Henna's first time, Ben, but it's okay. Go up, go I, I think Chris is messing with us. I have Sarah Hogan. The bulkhead. Get out there. Oh, no. <laughs> Shut the door behind you. Um, so who said, so everyone's in this, but who was in it to win it? It was, okay. Sarah Hogan versus I, Lisa Fakus. Right. So Brittany, you said who? And Alden said Lisa. Neither you of you are right. So now we might have a, a bigger tie if, if the real name came up here. So let's see what it is. Uh, play it for us. Number seven. The next day I woke up and I had some things in my arm that were bothering me, some things in my back that were bothering me. And um, so I really didn't want to play this weekend, but here I am. I'm out here. Um, I haven't thrown a practice shot. I know these courses, so I've played them in my head multiple, multiple times. And um, I feel like I'm ready. So here we go. Well, <laughs> yeah, what are playoffs for this? <laughs> what are the playoffs? I don't understand Who, the context of so the playoffs. So, is there people have three, right? There's three at three. Three that three. Man, I should have. How do you do a tiebreaker on quotes? Who can eat a you cookie? Go forever. We're gonna, There's three cookies. I didn't do that. Why are you not? Because you guys could still choose the right one. We have to do what Evan does, which it makes it easier to for do. For stat or fiction, I always have backups for the oh, for the extras. Yeah. Evan, Evan, give us give us a quick like. No, no, stat or fiction we are going into stat or fiction, so I'm thinking we're just gonna roll this into stat or fiction. No, you need an advantage going into stat or fiction. Maybe that's how you feel. Okay, it's not fair. Here we go. That was guess the presser. I want to take just a minute here, as we didn't crown it Victor. That's kind of boring, but we will add that into our statter fiction. 
Um, Anger. I do want to take a moment because we have so many fine guests in the room. Let's start with Isaac Robinson real quick. We're going to go around and just do like the, not the speed interview, but give everybody their moment to talk a little bit. Isaac, we interviewed you on the show, I think it was earlier this year. Um, you mentioned that you started touring. Was it at Portland? Yes. Okay. You showed up. I kind of joked about it earlier because I remember it. I feel like you kind of, I want to say kind of came out of nowhere, at least as far as like with your, how do I say it? Your performance is just really ramped up. What do you think attributed that? Like, because you're performing really well. Yeah, I think I'm just excited to be out on the road. Uh, excited to play bigger tournaments. Uh, this is my first time playing this many tournaments in a year. Uh, so I'm just excited to be out here. Um, I like the people I'm playing with. And so it's just been a, it's been a blast. So you're saying it's like, mental like that's how you're playing better you think the skill was there it's just you needed to be happier well yeah just <laughs> excited to be playing for bigger tournaments playing for money uh just being on the road yeah have you noticed that your uh, is it your skill level that's improved do you feel like your skill level is improved on the road or did was it always there and now it's just like showing i think um decision making and the mental game aspect of it has definitely improved um but as far as skill i think it's kind of stayed the same Okay. For the most part. Okay. Um, what was the best moment for you on tour so far this year? Uh, I think the obvious answer is, is Idlewild. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that one, that one was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, epic, epic rounds. Your throwing style, I was actually talking about you before you showed up. <clears throat> no, I just felt like, and I don't know if the chat or anybody else it agrees with this. Everybody tends to have a little bit different throwing style. Chris Dickerson has a different throwing style than yep. everybody else. Yeah, everybody does. But it stands out as not just like unassuming. It's like something about it that stands out. Do you know what I'm talking about, Isaac? Like if I was to talk about it, how would you explain it? Uh, well, I know Gannon makes fun of me all the time for the, uh, <laughs> the little fake pump at the right before I pull back and throw. Some of the best players in the history of disc golf had a little fake pump before they threw. Nate Doss had a little mini pump before he threw, got his okay. timing right. Okay. Let's go. Yuli's worked on that for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Katrina, multi-time so, world champion. Gannon. What do you have to say to that, Gannon? I'm a two-time junior world champion. Ooh. He's got world titles. But it doesn't necessarily mean the best player. I don't play disc golf, so. Okay. So we brought Brittany in the Raz everybody tonight. So. I'm seeing like an actual permanent spot for her every week if she wants it. Like just to call in, she can just be like our call-in host. Okay. What was that? Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Is there anything that you um, that's just like burning that you just want to talk about? This is your no. No. Okay. This is awesome. It's great to see you out there uh, performing so well. Let's go to Gannon. He's <laughs> really wow. Brittany just said Isaac's the nicest person. Um, Gannon. So you came out this year at Las Vegas. You were playing before that, but like you came out at Las Vegas and the show that you gave us was truly impressive to where I went on the other disc golf show I do. And I said, I expect multiple world titles out of this guy, like before his career is over. Do you feel the same way? How, where are you at with your career? Um, in a way, yeah, I feel like even like this weekend, I I lost by five here at GMC, and I just felt like I had so many stupid mistakes that cost me like ten to fifteen strokes. And I mean, everyone has those, but 
like I feel like they're mistakes I just shouldn't be making. And uh, if I can just dial that in again, I there should be no reason I can't win. Uh, you know, a, a pro tour or a world championship. Um, you know, I just gotta have like, you know, gotta put one tournament together and you can get the wins. You know, said four or five hot rounds in a row and you can you know be a world champion or a major champion. So just depends if I can do that be consistent not necessarily the best player in the world right you could win yeah. a world title <laughs> i'm just joking um people talk about and i think they did it on live coverage this weekend your putt and i think i could be getting it wrong but i think sexton said like it makes me sick like how easy it looks like that he's doing that he just jams it in there do you feel like putting is easy um no not at all every and at least all my friends know this or people on tour a lot is like I I shake when I putt. You know, if, if I took my hand off and held it in front of me, I'd be it'd be shivering because I'm so nervous. Um, and that's why I do that no follow through thing where I take my arm and bring it right back to my body or even behind me sometimes because I'm so scared to miss the putt that my body doesn't want me to do it. Um, but uh, hmm. so yeah, mo I mean, like ninety five percent of my putts have no follow through at all whatsoever. <laughs> so, um, what's worse, his backhand form? Or in I, your own eyes. What was the question in the room? The, the question was, what's worse in your eyes, Gannon, your putting form or Isaac's backhand form? I, I, in my eyes, Isaac's backhand form, but I think in other people's eyes, in other people's eyes, I think my putting form could look worse because everyone, everyone's taught to like hold the follow through and whatever. And if you really think about it, the second the disc leaves your hand, the follow through doesn't do anything for the putt. That's my hot take. As long as you, if you, if you hit your release point, you just pop it out there. All I get is hit your line, hit your height, and it goes in every That's time. all you have That's to like, do. When I'm so time. nervous That's when exactly I'm shaking, what a That's all I got to do. Just gotta give, it, give it pace. I want to hear Isaac's At least my putt doesn't look like a dead duck. Yeah, which, yeah, ask yeah, him the same wh question. Which is worse. <laughs> I'm sorry, dead duck goes Gannon, in what? Get rid of the microphone. <laughs> um, I think Gannon's putting form is horrible. That's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't miss a 12 footer this weekend. Keep going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Rap battle. Fight. I'm sorry, Fight. were you on late card with the nerfs? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> we need to get a room mic next year. There are no nerfs in the on middle of the room. That's the, that's the hot take, too. Oh, There's no. Yeah, all right, no. I, I got a quick hot take. We had, a, we had a four-card backup because of Ganon. <laughs> Which leads me to my next oh, question. <laughs> Settle down, everybody. Uh, we did have a four-card backup because of Ganon. When? This tournament? What round was this? He's just picking any random round. 2021 I'm not that slow anymore. This was not supposed to be a roast. Okay. That was not me. I want to open up a thinking prompt that you guys just think about. We'll get to it later in the show. But what has been the harshest thing a media person has said about a disc golfer this season? Just, no, Gannon is, was ready immediately. This is not hard at all. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, obviously I was crying in the bunker at Las Vegas after I missed that putt, which I wasn't. But, no, I was not. And It's totally cool if you were. I was crying for you. Okay. Well, a lot of people were, but I wasn't. Um, so I, I, I get to the next event at Waco. You're a lot cool and, if you were. You know, obviously, we... Oh, it went down, you know, four hole playoff. I lost, you know, due to a like 31 foot miss putt, whatever, off the band. Very sad moment after putting up that that battle and just throwing the upshot too long on 18. 
and I get sit down, get my interview going, and you know, I get asked. I get told actually just straight to my face, you know, congrats on your Las Vegas win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and I played it off. I was like, are oh. you trolling me right now? I about got up and left that studio. I remember that moment. It was I, like, oh. It was so embarrassing for me because I, I like, <gasps> I thought she was playing with me, honestly. Wow. It came out very like, congratulations. That to me? Yeah. But, just grab dang. a mic, Brittany. Grab a mic. You can. You can. I, oh. Yeah, Chris literally wouldn't give me the mic so oh. I could roast Gannon. It's oh. really rude. Um. <laughs> Very I, nice of him. In 2019 at GMC, Nate Doss, after Chris threw OB twice on 18, said, Wow, Dickerson's tournament is over. First round. <laughs> I did, he, think, did he win? <laughs> was he wrong? No. I'd like to, I'd like <laughs> to submit an correct. answer. That sounds like facts to me. I think what. What Terry Miller saw, said about those cypress trees no. in Texas last year was terrible. <laughs> I think that was inappropriate. I think it was Uncalled in poor for. taste. Yeah. What well, about, what about Nick Carl? <clears throat> oh. oh, oh. I, I had to really plan out saying that. So. I still think, I, I feel like it's not close still. I've, that's just my, my perspective. All right. You got 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Uh, my, in turn, my, Speaking of Gannon's Las Vegas win, a commentator said, Oh, it's over for Drew Gibson. And, you know, it wasn't. That's all I got to say. <laughs> what? This was not, <laughs> this was not supposed to be a roast Alden session. Now. Yeah, this was not a roast oh, session. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, this was not a roast session as much fun as that was. Everyone here, we can hug it out later. Alden, uh, we actually asked you just like a little bit ago. We've had you on the show before. But we asked you a little bit ago the hot rounds you put down. You have put down quite a few hot rounds. Do you feel like this at Smuggler's Notch, GMC, the first playoff event, these were your best two back-to-back rounds this year? Yes, absolutely. They're two of my best rounds ever. <laughs> so, okay. yes, this year. Ever. And how did you determine that? By feel or rating or what um, were you looking at? Both. By rating, they're both up there in like the top what 10. Probably? Uh, 1078. I think they averaged 10 around like 1070. Wow, yeah, average 1070 something, yeah. Do you feel like that was playing above your like skill level? Like it was like, wow, I'm playing so good. And obviously you did it. Like that obviously you did it. So your skill level's there. But I mean, did it feel like you were playing above um, like where you normally do? I felt like my 12 down at Brewster, maybe a little bit. I got some fortunate breaks, which can happen at Brewster, you know, you can't control that. So I got some fortunate breaks there that led to the 12 under, but I definitely played very well. But the the tenant fox i didn't even have a circle two putt i don't think so i was just throwing the disc well and putting them in okay i've known you since 2000 and what what was it seven 18, 18. I okay i would say 17 or 18 you won up there a junior a united states or so national title for a junior i think it was 18 and under mm-hmm. and do those courses like inspire you because like you play really well there, like what is it about those courses? Everyone talks about you know how awesome they are, but like what is it to it, you that it lets could you play be that well? I have good memories there, but I also just love the courses. I was telling we we're me and Gavin were going through our top five favorite courses, and before the tournament even started, and I said those two were easily in my top five. So, does it have does it have the elements? All the elements, like it's like it's fun, it's well designed, it has all the elements, right? Wooded, open, it has everything. Yes, every is there is, anything missing from Smuggler's uh, Notch? Not that I can think yeah, of. Every, I'm gonna say what I think is missing. Okay. I, if, I was gonna say <laughs> every hole is fun, every hole is fair. So I just like it. Okay. Last last question for Alden, then you can answer yeah. that. 
is this is your first full tour year? This is my second. Full. So mm-hmm. last year is full. Oh, I don't, maybe time's flying for me, but when we interviewed you last, I felt like that's what I had heard. But are you planning the long-term disc golf career? Like at this point, you're like, dude, this, the stars are aligning still and I'm going to keep going. Yes. I'd like this to be, uh, I'd like to play disc golf as long as I can, for sure. You're com- I'll ask the more tenured players in the room, Big Germ. Is he like, he's got a strong future for him. We were talking about money earlier and I don't know what you're getting paid or if you are. But, like, it's around the corner where, like, all the players should start getting paid a lot more. And maybe you're just about there. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, Nick, what were you going to say? So, we were talking about... What's um, missing? Pretty much, like, Fox Run and Bruce Ridge are two of my favorite courses in the world. I think they're incredible to play on. I think they're designed very well. And also, like, Fox Run, that's my all-time favorite course. Just playing it is incredible. But the one thing that the GMC tournament doesn't have is, like, a killer water carry hole. The whole five, the water does come into play, but there's no water carry hole. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but none of the holes at Bruce Ridge or Fox Run have like that awesome water carry, like a hole 14 at Maple, a hole one at Maple, hole eight at Maple. I mean, Maple's got <laughs> freaking 20 of them, it seems like, but like a hole eight at Maple. It's a par three. You throw the shot well, you land on the island. Just that's the only thing that I think it Bruce would be a cool Fox. addition. And Fox Run used to have it. They used to have that whole. There's an infamous video of MJ it. putting on the yes. rock, mm-hmm. and that was a little bit longer of a par three. I don't remember it completely. It was a little bit longer of a par three, maybe three fifty to three seventy. I could be wrong, but like that was a cool shot. But they ended up taking that hole out. I think the year after. Um, but in my personal opinion, that's one thing that those courses are missing. Ju- no, we're going to Jules. <laughs> we got, we're interviewing her. I don't know. It, how many years have you been on the road full-time now touring with the Disc Golf Pro Hi, Tour? my name is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is... No, this has who? been my first full... Full year? Time, yeah, full year on the road. Um, I got my job last October um, and go on the road with Jeremy starting in 2022, which was very exciting considering we had just gotten engaged and were planning our wedding. So didn't have to do that by myself while I was sitting at home while he was on the road. Um, so that was cool. Um, and it made, uh, just living a lot better as far as not having to live out of a suitcase and airports and long distance and FaceTime and dogs not seeing each other for like months and on end and so yeah it's nice that we have the whole fam on the road is it okay if i ask this question like how did you meet yeah. jeremy and i call him big germ and so mm-hmm. does everybody but do you, you don't call him big germ no. <laughs> jeremy <laughs> that, that, yeah i think so that's how i got his attention she called me germ one time recently and it's so funny because she always <laughs> says i don't i only call him jeremy to everyone she yeah. tells everyone and then she did that and she called me Jerm one time, and I was like, <laughs> "Who's who?" Yeah, who's like I, I'm so used to responding to that that when she said it, of course I responded. But I was like, "That or if who I, am I like, and if I really need his attention, and like he's just in a crowd, I just like yell his last name. I feel Colin. like that usually gets his interest. No one else is gonna. Well, now everybody else is going. No, What's up, no. Colin? <laughs> um, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you enjoying this? Are you looking to settle down? You're getting married yeah. this year, or is it? We are. Yeah, I think yep. it's this year. 53 days oh okay and um, you don't have to disclose it here but are you settling down like are you gonna or are you gonna keep hitting the road i think like, we're probably gonna keep 
keep hitting the road as okay. far as 2023 goes for right now. Um, I mean, we have a house, but yeah, I don't know. We're just going to roll with it, see what what life brings us. I mean, especially after the pandemic, it's hard to plan anything these days. So, Have you gonna... found that there is, because I believe there must be, a fandom following you now, not just because of Big Germ, but there like actually is. you. They're there like, is. I'm your fan. Yes, definitely. It's it's wild. Um, I've signed so many autographs. It's so cool. Um, I mean, I've had. I'm like, and I'm. I warn them too. I'm like, hey, I, you know, like, I'm not. A, I don't play disc golf. I think disc golf's cool. I think it's amazing. It's given us this life. Um, somehow the universe knew it was always going to be a part of my life. Um, just happened to be Jeremy that actually like full force brought it there. Um, but you know, disc golf bags, discs, I'm here to sign it. I'm here to support it. I'm grateful for it. Um, it's a very, very cool life. Very cool. And I was just going to say, it's, you're, the word iconic's not right, but we recognize you in footage now. Like, oh, there's Jules. There's, yeah, like, people it's, recognize it. It's wild, and it's it's actually pretty funny because um, I had an ex-boyfriend reach out and was like, hey, <laughs> I saw you on Jemets. And I was like what <laughs> you're like yeah i had to do a double take like wait a second i'm watching big germ and he's awesome but wait a second i Who's think that? i noticed this person in the background wow yeah and it was cool though we got to meet him and his wife and um he caddied for jeremy and wow it was, yeah it was really cool it was full circle growing up you yeah know? Like, yeah why not yeah that's fun They're very cool and you know, it was just a very neat experience to see, like, how far I had come and where, like, me and Jeremy have gone and, you know, this journey that we've taken and how we've gotten here. And, um, yeah, just it's it's super gratifying to, to see, you know, all of the pieces fall together. And, and uh, we've gotten to see my family on the road, too. We've gotten to see his family on the road at disc golf tournaments, which, you know, like, before like just wasn't a thing yeah so it's it's been a it's been a blast question for the room with raise of hands who misses your family when you're on, on the road yeah. <laughs> good raise your everybody raise their hand <laughs> <laughs> for those listening no nah, that's cool i'm sure you do um that'd be a tough part of it all right let's go to chris let's get this in chris Hey, Chris, big fan. Big fan. Big fan, first time it. caller. <laughs> that was the best moment. If you haven't been listening to the Nick and Matt show for long enough, Chris was a guest. Like, we were interviewing Chris. Mm -hmm. Nick calls in because we had an open call line that night. And he's like, first time caller or first time listener, whatever it was. I was a uh, big fan, like, long time listener, big first fan, time Chris. Caller. If I, I had asked you some question, I forget. I mean, it was right after Belton, so it was something to do It was with something Belton about tournament. Nick. You're like, yeah. how cool is Nick or something? And then I drove through a tornado, and that sucked. But okay, anyways, Chris Dickerson. <clears throat> Chris Dickerson. So how do I start this? Um, you were coming in to the beginning of the season, like hot fire rated, probably number one player in the world. I, I'm, I'm a part of Disc Golf Media. We talk a lot. World champion. Yeah. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. Best player. <laughs> equivalent. Yeah, exactly. And... I don't know how you felt. Did you like you were coming out of last year? You're coming in really hot this year. Were you? How are you feeling about yourself coming into the season? Coming into the season, uh, switching over to Discraft, I was really excited to get out and throw these new discs. Uh, I'd been learning them through the off season, so I was really looking forward to putting them to the test on the course. So 
I was very excited to get out here and, you know, throw a new disc. But you didn't, you didn't know, like, you're like, did you hear anybody talking about how good Chris Dickerson is? Um, <laughs> Come on. Maybe a little <laughs> maybe bit, a little but bit. Not, not a whole lot. Okay. So you don't feel like you had that pressure to show anything just for yourself? No. Um, if, if anybody put pressure on me, it was myself. Okay. Um, and then, and I'm just picking like what seems to be like, uh, it's a full season long story. Like you, I think you even said this in maybe your press conference that we didn't do a quote from. Yep. Like you kind of had this weird couple of events or, or a string of events where you weren't showing up probably the way you wanted. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't put that on one singular thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the stretch you're talking about, I went second at auto wild. Uh, behind Isaac and then I had a stretch where I went like 12th yeah yep there you go she knows um and then second again last weekend so I had a little bit of a slump hopefully I'm out of it uh but those things happen um wow we have a thunderstorm (laughs) It, it could be um you know one singular thing uh it could be a bunch of different things it could be um I don't know. There's a numerous amount of things, but for me, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. It was just, it wasn't all adding up on the course where you can score was adding up, but (laughs) it was the right score. Yeah. Were you concerned? Like, did you find yourself like actually taking longer times to think about this after rounds? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I would think about, uh, certain rounds, but not, not every round. Okay. And yeah, I mean the champions cup, uh, a lot of events, Idlewild, all that. It's like, man, man. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like, yep, not as present. But here's the thing. And this is where the recency bias always comes in. The reality is that's still very high level golf. Again, maybe not what you want. Do you think that's part of the sport where we're at right now and going to where you, this is just going to be a new thing? Like if you're in the top five at any event, like congratulations, good season. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes. Um. I think I've said this before, the last three to five years, um, it is harder now to place in the top 10 than it was three years ago, five years ago, uh, just because the level of competition is spread out over 20, 30, 40 different players instead of the you know 10 to 15 that it was. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be. It's going to keep getting harder. Um, so kudos to you then, not overthinking it, and here you are coming into GMC, the first round of the playoff, and... Uh, I just want to ask because it's so relevant. If you were just our only interview of the night, I would definitely ask this question. Okay. And I heard this in your post-round interview, which, by the way, it's I'm glad they do that stuff. I don't know how you feel about the post-round interview. <laughs> do, how do you feel about the post-round interview? I was okay with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just, I like it as a fan because I'm like, I want to hear. Yeah. Um, but you thought maybe you were out of it on one of those holes at one point where you went OB. I forget which hole it was. It was probably like 12 or somewhere in there, 11. It was 12. Okay. You went OB and you kind of alluded to like, maybe I thought then, yeah, that might be it. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, the hole before it, hole 11, uh, I threw a very similar shot to, uh, I think, two other people on the card, and mine took a pretty big flare skip out of bounds. Still got the par, but... You know, that's one stroke. Then the next hole, uh, I take an unfortunate slip in the fairway. Um, and I put myself, there's like a little plateau on the left side of that hole where you kind of want to land. It's the flattest part. Um, I put my drive there and I slipped. So whenever I slipped and the shot happened to go out of bounds, that's when I was kind of like, you know, maybe you are out of it. 
And <laughs> what were the feelings of roller coaster or where you even keel when all of a sudden you're like, um, I'm tied or that journey to get to tied? Were you like finding yourself like this is crazy and I'm excited? Yeah, no, uh, I'm always excited to be uh, in those situations where you're competing. And uh, yeah, it seemed like every stroke that I was able to get back, um, I was just kept <laughs> taking a mental note and it's like, okay, that's one more. That's one more. And yeah, eventually on uh, 16, we were tied and I was pretty excited, stepped up and threw an awful tee shot. And I was like, oh man, you let it slip. But then, I mean, I saved my par, um, I think. No, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't tied on 16. I was no, down one. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Uh, I saved my par. Ricky took a bogey and that's whenever we uh, went in to 17 tied and I threw an awful tee shot just like I did during practice. <laughs> um yeah like the fan side of me you want to see everyone do well and you're like i hope they both just park it or someone hits a massive butt right just for the excitement level Uh uh-huh this is hindsight and so you can literally say whatever you want because it's hindsight Uh uh-huh in hindsight are you going for that putt on 17 no still not um so we're we're me and ricky landed we're on the high side of the basket um i think I heard it was like a 41 foot putt. It was way longer than that. Okay. It was like 48 to 50. Okay. It was like mid circle two. It seemed like. Listen, and there, no, that is. I was, I was expecting to say like 60 feet or something. No, 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 no. It was, it was, but I get it though. I get it. I mean, it's with, a steep and the result decline right yeah, there. The so, results I mean, of that putt. Yes. Is much so harder. on that side, we're higher up, even though it is a raised basket. Um, being circles edge that's a like a knee shaking putt so whenever you add almost 17 more feet to that that's a long putt yeah and if you (laughs) it's a very long putt if you miss it it's guaranteed to be out of bounds right yes there's a good chance because you know like i said it goes downhill behind the basket it's an elevated pin uh if you airball there's a good chance that you're out of bounds if you don't though you've probably got at least a 25 footer coming back Mm -hmm. and in that pressure situation I don't want a 25 footer. I want so to uphill at an elevated. Basket. So you were doing percentages and you said percentage is higher for me to play 18 and beat him or playoff, meaning I not lose it. Yes. Than trying to hit that putt. Exactly. Okay. Because if I do miss it and I go out of bounds, it ends then and there. But if I were to, but lay does up, it, <laughs> you, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Right. But percentages. Yeah. <clears throat> Because then maybe he throws his shot more conservatively on 18. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. playing out all different ideas. Yep. But so you went into that moment on 18. You talked about the wind. You think maybe you didn't get it high enough or the trees blocked the wind. Mm-hmm. That's still how you feel? Yep. Okay. And yeah. what was that? Uh, it's a horrible feeling to relive, but what was that moment? Were you tracking it right away saying that's OB or was it not till the end? I thought there was a small chance that it could because uh, I did read right to left wind. So... You know, whenever the disc or whenever the wind gets under the disc, it can pick it up just a little bit and it definitely pushes it the majority of the time. But this situation, it was low enough. I think the the trees killed the wind um, and it just didn't get the push. I did pull it a little bit to the right. That didn't help at all. But <laughs> who's laughing in here? It wasn't. Hold on. We have one side of the room disagreeing. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, Isaac was actually on the card. So, Isaac, what? and when you teed off, because you teed off first, because you and Matty O birdied 17. So, talk to us when you were teeing off. 
That's an interesting question. I will get back to Chris. Yes. But this was someone on the card that has a differing opinion. Not to discredit Chris's wind read, but uh, I. <laughs> but here I we go. Threw, <laughs> I threw based on a headwind. Um, That's so fair. I, uh, yeah. And yeah. But okay, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I do have another question for Isaac. Oh, okay. Let's do this. So when a disc hazards, what does a headwind do to it? Uh, lifts it up. Ooh, right to left. Sounds like. Headwind right to left. Whenever a disc hazards, it does something similar. Mm. Oh, thanks, Jerm. Thank you, Jerm. Wow, came over to my side pretty quick, huh? I'm in no position to discredit anything that Chris is saying based on the career that he has set for himself. Stop Stop it. <laughs> I, all right. The shot on 18 happens, you know, and yep. to me, I felt like, I don't know if, I was wondering if there was any memory of the Nate Doss incident where you were thinking about hole 18 and the trouble that you've had on it previously. Was there any sort of discomfort at all in that moment? No, I didn't really think about that. Uh, walking to the tee, I did tell Brittany, I was like, what I need to do on 18 is either put it inbounds or, or miss OB left. OB left. You have to, that's the mistake to make. Yep. That was the surprise for me when I saw that. I stayed away from all spoilers. So <laughs> when I watched the coverage last night, I had mm -hmm. no idea what happened. And when I saw that, like as it was developing into the tie, I mean, my jaw was just dropped for about 30 minutes straight in the booth. And when I saw what happened on 18, it was for me, it was like this moment of like, dang, like I've seen this happen before with Chris. Yep. And, and I just like, I was stunned at 17's decision. I could, obviously you can't really tell on camera how close you really were or how far you really were, but like the way that you were putting and you were, you had this really strange tournament with your putting. You were making some really big putts. Mm hmm and you're missing putts that you would have loved to have had back. Yep. And so it was like one of those moments. Now you have the most pressure-packed putt you have. Ricky's already laid up. Man, now you've got all the pressure. You can take the lead. And laying that one up was a bit surprising for me because, like, when I see you, I, I see you as a shark. You know, I see you as somebody who is an attacking type of, like, this is why you have a 50% plus winning percentage. But, I mean, that also, because you have that, you know how to make the right decisions in the right moments. So once again, I can't question it. Get the mic out of my hands. I was just going to say the interesting thing is from our perspective, yeah, we can think whatever, but the player has to make the decision. And we can't, nobody, people can say you're wrong, but they're wrong because you're the player. So, so coming out of that, you throw OB, you're hoping Ricky does it. And he all, it was, it was close. Did you have any feelings on his throw out of the hand? Like maybe. Um, no, I didn't okay. think his was OB because what he did differently than me, he threw it a little bit higher. So advantage to him throwing second, do you feel like? Possibly. So in that situation, yes. If I would have put it in bounds, maybe not advantage. Right. Because then it changes the dynamic of it. Interesting. Um, have you ever seen a player run off a tee pad with that much excitement in your career? I have not. Okay. Yeah. It was interesting. It was interesting from our perspective. And excitement, excitement was real. I just hadn't known if anyone else has ever seen that. Um, so it finishes out. Says good job, Chris, and you've you won that event last year. It was close. Mm -hmm. this, do these courses you feel like play like again, just like I was asking all in those two hot rounds back to back, do you feel like these courses are good for your game? Or you like them that much that it helps you play better? I do like Brewster Ridge quite a bit. Fox Run, um, it's one of the better open style courses that we play, in my opinion. But you know, it's still an open course with uh, artificial OB. So that's, that's never been a huge favorite of mine. But together, they're a good complement for each other.
Okay. Anything that we did, I know you're a man of many words. Anything that Correct. we didn't ask that you feel like is important for us to know? Um, no. Did you watch his disc hit the umbrella on 14? Could you guys see it hit an umbrella or did you just think it skipped in? No. So from the, uh, from the T pad, there's the uphill mm -hmm. creates like a little bit of a slope and mm -hmm. goes back down. The umbrella was on the other side of that hill. We couldn't see it at all. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I just figured the way he threw that felon, it was overstable enough that it got back in. Mm -hmm. Um, the only way I thought it was going to go be is if it took a straight skip. Yeah. But yeah. I think people will kind of make a deal out of which I think on the course was not good at all. Um, I'm one of the people who were kind of saying, I think it was 50 50 where it could have skipped OB, but it also could have skipped back inbounds. It could have hit the stake and stayed inbounds. Like, I agree. But at the same time, he ended up taking a five on the hole anyways. <laughs> so I mean, we, we will talk this topic just a little bit. Um, yeah, we're going to talk more about it. Okay. If so, hold that. Yeah. <laughs> we will get there. Let's go to Brittany. Give everybody their moment here to interview. Brittany, we've had you on the show thanks to your help getting Chris on the show. We've done it a few times. Um, similar to what I asked Jules, how much, like, is this your second full season? Third? Fourth? Uh, You've we... been doing it before you were married? No, we got married in 2017. <laughs> just, wow. Um, we bought a camper in 2018 in October. That's kind of cool because you guys did the same thing. So 2019 was my first full year on tour. So 2019, 2020, this is my fourth full year on tour. Okay. When we asked you last time about disc golf skills and experience, wasn't there some competitive thing that you were talking about? Like at some point, like he... I don't know. You would tell, you told him something. I'm trying to remember what oh it is. Oh my gosh. No. Oh yes. Let me no, yeah, this that's is what it was. <laughs> I'm really sick of him telling yes, this story. Uh, I actually told this story at least once at GMC. Um, it was at the Brent Hambrick. This Isn't is this my moment? It is, but. Uh, She's going to be able to have the rebuttal. This story's about us. Everyone's had a Brent Hambrick, 2016. I was like 20 years old. So yes. pretty, pretty old. Yeah. To sum it up really quick. Uh, 27 holes i'd missed a couple putts within the first handful of holes and she said you know why do you even putt with that disc it doesn't go in um i continued to was make that was that like flirting or joking in no, that nature i you think i'm mean now you should have seen me then i promise like you were trying to be mean or like was that your style of like just, fun i think that's, that's your just style. me being honest yeah, okay. as a 20 year old honest, yeah. and it i mean it turned my round around <laughs> Um, I made putts and I let her know every time I did. Awesome. So, <laughs> and Jerm ate half my dilly bar in one bite. Dilly dilly. So. Okay. Look, you are not going to eat the whole dilly bar anyways. I, no, there's no way. I crushed that dilly bar for both of us. <laughs> okay. So, Brittany, I'm not going to ask your age now, but you were 20 then. How I'm 26. Okay. You're 26. I don't care about that. How have things changed? on the tour life like this. Now do you mm -hmm. say things like that to him after he messes no. up the tournament? No. He's a major winner. Why is he nodding his head? So the only thing that I'll say to Chris is when he gets super, super negative and he's like, oh, this always happens to me. Oh, it's always me. Oh, I'm always so unlucky. I'm like, hey, take a breath. Like you're manifesting that. Like touch a tree, ground with the earth, take some breaths, drink some water, calm down. Mm. That's good. You guys are missing that in your life, right? Oh, During no, the round. I hear that all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're the hippies over here. We got this. <laughs> I hear that same yep. sentiment. Jules wow. and I are very similar. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That I mean, 
advantage is such a weird word today. Like advantage, like on the course. Do you, and now I'm kind of going back to Chris, but do you feel like you offer him an advantage being that, I'm going to call it good of a caddy? Well, according to a Karen from 2020, he had an advantage at USDGC in 2020 yes. because I was working for Camera, Chris's yeah. old company mm -hmm. and he was winning the tournament and I'm working for the company. <laughs> so I have to take his picture. But then when I'm walking with Katrina's card, who's one of my best friends on tour, and I have my hand down the back of her pants pocket fixing her pants on the live coverage. <laughs> no one says a word because I'm not married to her, unfortunately. <sighs> I'm just kidding. The, the, <laughs> the internet is a crazy place and the people who comment. We, we love the chat, though. Yeah, we love the chat. Yeah. <laughs> That's in here. <laughs> but, but so, yeah, you get to experience all different. I remember that now that you pointed that out. I was not asking advantage as a negative thing. But, I know, but more, no, but more salty. as like, do you feel like you're doing that for him now? Like you're, I think that's a win. If you can find somebody to caddy for you that knows that and knows how to help you, do you feel like you're an advantage for him? Mm, <laughs> I yet. don't really know. Okay. Sometimes I feel like I'm helping. Sometimes I feel like he's like, go away, <laughs> go stand over there. <laughs> I don't know. That might be a true feeling. Chris, is that like, but. How do you feel? So sometimes it's a it's a good thing, but it's got to be uh, genuine. You can't force it. You can't be like, um, you know, he's not playing the best. I'm going to talk trash to him. Um, I don't do that. No, 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 no. No, he's so, just making a point about yeah. What I'm saying is like, in the moment, there are certain times where yeah, that could work. That could turn my round around. That could make me think differently about how the round's going. In other moments, though, it might not. I'm very stubborn. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when your spouse says something to you and they know you more than anyone else knows you, it can help you. But also sometimes, like if Germ tried to teach me something and Chris tried to teach me something and they're saying the same thing, I'm going to listen to Germ. <laughs> and I'm sure Jules will say the same thing about Chris, you know? I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife and I'm like, it drives me crazy. But you got to yeah. learn to accept it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um is there anything that we should ask you about that people would be interested to hear? <laughs> You're like, ooh, if they only knew. No? That's a, that's a yeah, question. That's, I don't that's know. Broad. You might like, be just sitting there thinking, like, uh, hope they don't ask me this. That's what I want to know. I do have that in my head, <laughs> but. Um... All right. You can keep it. <laughs> For sure have that. You can keep that. Are out. you doing photography or media anymore? No. So I worked for. Chris's old company in 2020, I worked for the Pro Tour last year, um, which was interesting because Jeff called me the night before Waco started and was like, we don't have a photographer. We work for us. And it ended up being a whole season thing. Mm. And honestly, like, I'm really glad that happened because I got to work with Alyssa Van Lanen and she is an incredible photographer and she sat down and taught me so much and was so good at explaining things without making me feel dumb. Um, so I'm really happy that I did that, but I worked way too hard because I'm a all or nothing person. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And I did that. And the whole reason I came on the road was to make Chris's life easier. And he was having to help me because I was so busy with work and I wasn't even editing. Alyssa was editing for me. Um, so yeah, now we're back to the whole reason I came on the road was to take care of our family, him and Sam, everything. And he only has to worry about disc golf. Do you feel like you've reaped, reaped, lit, what am I trying to say? Do you think you've reached a level? That was the two words I was trying to say at the same time. 
reached a level of efficiency or you're like, there's a long way to go? Like with your tour, because you've, you've kind of been doing it a while now. Yeah. Um, like I have a campground list huh? and we got to the campground today and there was a bunch of disc golfers. I'm like, they're here because I gave them my list. They're here because I gave them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we're to a level of efficiency for sure. And having the RV this year has been phenomenal over the camper we used to have. Um, because I can get up and pee whenever I want. <laughs> whenever I want. I don't have to hold it. Um, I can get up and make a snack, get water. Sam can move around. It's, I feel like that in itself has made us a lot more efficient. Over awesome. the trucking camper. You awesome. You guys have, uh, together, it seems like, made a great career. Um, and that's exciting to watch. Uh, Big Germ, Jeremy. Hey, Coling. Hey, Coling. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in the disc golf world right now? You're a very popular man. Like, how do you see your disc golf career right now? Thank if you. Um, oh, good question. It's a, um, I see myself, uh, you know, like intrinsically, I see myself as 100% disc golf competitor. And then later on, I'm 100% commentator. And I think based on uh, just maybe, the the amount of responsibilities that I have in different places and all these things that I am super um, excited and happy to have in my life. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, I think maybe my focus has been less on being that quote unquote, like killer on the course that I, I, the attitude that I used to have that would kind of propel me into these top finishes. It's kind of, it's softened up and I haven't really found a groove the way that I would hope that kind of just came naturally for me for a long time. And so I think maybe other people might not see me as 100% focused on disc golf. Uh, and if I'm being completely honest, it probably isn't that way anymore, um, which I miss because being competitive week in, week out is something that kept me going for as long as I've, as long of a career as I've had. Um, but where I see myself in the sport, I would say, you know, first and foremost, probably promoter and just a, somebody who can show the world uh, a, a little bit of a glimpse of the pro life, the pro tour life, um, and our personalities and kind of relay this approachable atmosphere of the sport, but also maintaining the professionalism. So there's a respect to what we're doing and our, our commitment and our grind to it and the focus on our craft, but also that it can be a lot of fun because it is. And, um, and I feel like that kind of embodies like my representation in the sport to the world. Um, I don't know. Is that kind of, does that seem fair? <clears throat> that does seem fair. Have, was Jewel, Jewel's talking, give her a mic. No, that's one thing I didn't say that was like when I came on tour with Jeremy full time this year, it opened my eyes to Jeremy's lifestyle. And before he, he still says this, that he's a professional fun haver, but <laughs> the amount of hours and time and energy and passion and, dedication there are to this sport and to driving from location to location the hours spent in the driver's seat and in the passenger side seat and you know being the snack person the radio person or whatever it is like as far as traveling goes it is a grind and seeing that week in and week out different locations different cities different states different gas stations I mean you name it it, it wears on you and you start to notice you're like this is a grind. Like I thought going to my desk eight to five Monday through Friday for 13 and a half years was a grind, but 
this too is also a grind physically and mentally. And so when you start to see, not only you have to start physically performing with your body and being an athlete, and then you have to mentally be there. I mean, and he's doing commentary. I'm like, dude, like the, the guy's killing it over here. So and <laughs> and then he doing... shows up on the Nicki Matt show. <laughs> I know. So like, it's a lot. I said that he oh, show on up the on the Nicki Matt show. show. So, yeah. It, it, one one last thing to finish up that statement. What Jules is saying is like she said something earlier this year that like really stood out to me because um, like she said, she, being on the road with me this year, she gets a firsthand look at everything that goes on, right? And the level of you know the the, the difficulty of resetting when you're, when you're when you're mentally not in the right place for a tournament, um, whether it's mid tournament or post tournament or even setting up for one, you know, like having to find a way to forget about what's happened at the tournament before that has no bearing at all on this upcoming event and all the things that go into getting there, preparing and everything. Like she was saying, when I see you during the off season and I see you just like on the couch playing video games and just kind of like mindlessly tuning out, like I was kind of like, like judging you, but not really because I loved you. Oh, and then like, yeah. and like now that I see like what goes into a full year, like I totally understand you taking off season seriously because i need that mental time it is so crucial and this year with the <laughs> wedding coming up after the season's over that little bit of break time is going to be is going to be less and less and then we've got our honeymoon and like it's just going to be you know when we're done with all that and we don't have any obligations for a for a period of time don't call me to come back on the show all i'm saying is i'm going to be siesta Please say no. Yeah. Enjoy I'm, those video yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be yeah. playing some serious games and I'm going to be resting and hanging out with the dogs. And when people are asking me to go play around disc golf in the 40 degree rain in Charlotte, <laughs> I'm going to say you have fun. That's all. Uh, I'll ask this kind of, cause we got off on a lot of good stuff there, but in just kind of conclusion, was there a time where you found yourself having to do this transition of, you mentioned like fully all in competitive. That's how you, you, you kind of described it that way. No, I mean, you have to be. And now where you're at, you said you're kind of like this hybrid. You wish you kind of felt more this way. Have you gotten to a place of like, I don't know the right word. I'm going to say acceptance. Mm, No, not at all. Okay. I'm, I'm harder on myself now than I ever was before. I'm, I'm still chomping at the bit to be there and to, I, I feel like my skills are set up in a way that I, I should be just as good um, if not better than I ever was before. And so now that the, my performance isn't matching in my, in my, my body and my, my results aren't matching what I'm visualizing in my brain and my preparation and what I think my skill level is at, um, it, it eats at me more because mm. before my natural skill took over for some reason, I was able to just grind out a top 10 finish, even when I wasn't playing well, you know, kind of like, Gannon's doing right now. It's like annoying. He's never playing great, but he's always getting top ten. Uh, if face. you ask him, no, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, but like that's like, that's where I was before, and so like now when I'm you know missing cuts and missing cash, it's like you don't understand. Like that wasn't even that was not in my scope. Like missing cash wasn't even a realistic thing. I, I don't even know how to put it any other way. Like it it would have been a nightmare six years ago to miss cash. You know, I mean, it happened occasionally, yeah. but those were nightmares. How long have you been touring for? <laughs> uh, well, I've been touring. The first time, like, actually on tour started in 2010. And then I, like, I was mostly full-time in 2010, but really started absolutely on the road full-time when I, uh, when I played for Prodigy and Garrett Gerthy and I went on tour in 2013 together. 
So 12 years, and how long have you been touring, Isaac and Gannon? <laughs> Two for me, like a year and a half. This I like just, my first full year, like six months. Okay, so I'm just bringing up the contrast. Oh, these dudes were learning like simple math when I was on tour, for right. sure. Like these were like, you might not have been learning math yet. I think this was before <laughs> you understood what a plus symbol was. Interesting point. How old was Gannon? Then twelve years. He ago? was worried about when is the next nap time. Plus six was. Yeah, Gannon. You don't know what a plus symbol is, girl. Wait, Gannon was five <laughs> years old when Jeremy started touring. Yeah. Five. So yeah. yeah. I yeah, that's a so well, that's like funny, one of those like I feel old now facts that you always yeah. see on, on yes. Instagram. So yeah. funny enough, this is kind of how we wrote Jeremy in for the show this week <laughs> is Jeremy and I, round three, were warming up at the putting green over at Brewster Ridge. And I had made a joke and I just said, like, dude, why is disc golf hard sometimes? Like I've played good rounds before. I know I can shoot well in those courses. Jeremy's obviously a major winner, national tour winner, has won big events and is a great player. And, you know, people have off weeks, don't get me wrong, but I made the joke, like, why is disc golf hard? And he was like, oh, dude, I need a podcast to, like, talk about that. <laughs> we had, like, 15 minutes till our tea time. He's like, I need a podcast. So I guess kind of, like, I guess, like, why is it hard sometimes? And the well, you're bringing this like, up at the end of the podcast. No, I need a no, full yeah, podcast so, yeah, I know. to talk but, about this. But we were talking about this before the show. We were having dinner, and we were just saying, like, how good the field is getting. But also, like, these courses haven't changed too, too much over the year. But a lot of different courses out on the tour this year have become just longer. Longer. So, like, with Stat Mando, we were talking about it. Evan, we were saying how there's more par fours and par fives. And so it's creating almost like a lower rating average because the courses are getting harder. But also the skill level of all these, you know, mm. the younglings coming out on the road, the skill level is just getting younglings so much better in a sense to where, like, I was I was really shocked when Paul won Worlds that he only averaged like ten fifty five, but yet he's won like yeah. he got second place at Europe averaging ten seventy or something like that, like that's just where. Oh, now this is a ratings talk. What's that? But it was just more like how <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to yeah. make last cash now. I mean, it's I so a couple things. Yes, we do have the Aldens versus the Elders, and that's a big thing. We got all the young guns that are coming out here that are that have this opportunity now in this in this world of disc golf where sponsorships are deeper than ever before. Players are getting paid deeper than they ever were before. You know, before it was a lot of like you get 200 discs a year, yeah. be happy about it. And now like the 70th ranked player in the world's probably on a paid contract. And that started less than 10 years ago guys like let's like let's keep that in mind this is a fresh thing here and especially (laughs) with the growth after covid we have a new influx of more talented players i mean you got chandler kramers out there that are playing one side of their body playing two years of experience total and is out there almost winning silver series events and almost winning majors and whatnot and like that's just one person and there's dozens of those right before you had a huge group of players that in your average over the course of four rounds, it just, it would have been improbable to not eventually beat them with your score (laughs) because these events were open to almost anyone and they wouldn't even come close to filling. If, if they, um, if it was all tour players, it wouldn't happen. Like the USCGC, uh, I think in like the mid 20 teens, was supposed to be only the elite elite players and they couldn't even fill the tournament right at 56 players for a couple years in a row it was less than 60 players in that field because they went from this big 180 player field they're like no we want we don't want tds of qualifiers 
We want just the best of the best that actually work their way to the spot. And then they try to get a 72-player field, and they couldn't even fill it out. If, that, if that's happened now, that would be filled out in a second, right? Because yeah. that's, that's the skill level that we have in our sport. Yep. So not only do you have an influx of new players, but as you're saying, the courses are demanding more from the players. And with all these new skill players, those people who are in last cash – who are like the high skilled players that are battling on that, on that bubble line to get money back. There's more pressure now than ever, because before, if you were on that bubble line for last cash, you wouldn't have to think about it because you were just going to naturally, the cream rises to the top. Right. And you just get cash. That's just how it works. You wake up, you play disc golf, you take a little bit of money because you didn't play great, but you didn't miss cash. And nowadays, if you're on that bubble line, if you're like five or six strokes above that cut line or bubble line, you're still sweating it because everyone is so good <laughs> across the board. It's a new pressure that didn't exist 10 years ago, maybe not even five years ago. Yeah, truly. Yeah. One mistake. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is what, what blew me away last weekend. Ricky had one bogey going into the final round. He made an 80-foot putt to avoid a double bogey, <laughs> yeah. right? He led the field in driving percentage. He led the field in putting inside the circle, did not miss a single putt. So basically, playing flawless. Mm -hmm. He went into that last round, and obviously he threw a lot of shots out of bounds, but he somehow <laughs> made a million putts yeah. from everywhere. And going into the uh, 14th hole, he still only had one bogey, still hadn't missed a putt in the circle. And, a and three holes later, I don't care what happens in those three holes. With that phenomenal play, you should have separated yourself. In the old days, you would have been up by 10, mm -hmm. if not more. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Chris, who had bogeys, had missed putts in the circle, was right there to attack that situation where he had like just a 15, 20-minute uh, period of vulnerability that you could give up that lead playing essentially perfect just is a testament to how deep our field is that somebody will always be there. If it's not Chris Dickerson, it's someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy to me. That's how good the field is, is one mistake. You could, you were afforded 10 mistakes before mm -hmm. one mistake. Now that's, that's it. That's another thing we were talking about, especially on the MPO side, like FPO side, we're seeing kind of domination out of Kristen right now. She's been winning a lot of tournaments by a decent amount of strokes, almost every single one of them. But on the MPO side, especially this year, we haven't really seen that just absolutely dominating tournament, especially, I mean, you won Champions Cup. Ricky was right behind you. I think going into hole 18, you guys were pretty close. One or two strokes, maybe. Yeah, it was pretty close. But uh, during that whole round, it was me, Ricky, Calvin, and uh, Gavin. I mean, Calvin had a few bogeys early on that kind of pushed him behind. But the whole card was like right there together mm -hmm. for the most part. European Open, you had the Eagle and Paul battle going into it literally until the hole 17 and 18. Worlds went to a playoff, ending on the first hole of a playoff. I mean, these tournaments, five years ago, we saw people running away with it at tournaments, winning by three, four, five, six, seven strokes, even sometimes. I mean, talk about when Worlds was more than five rounds. In 2015, Paul won it by like six or more or something like that. I mean, we're in an era now of disc golf to where there's so many great players out there. And the tournaments, I think, personally, are way more exciting to watch from a fan standpoint, because you're just watching these epic battles unfold. I mean, commentators could have said, oh, Chris is out of it until hole 14. All of a sudden, 14, 15, 16, Chris makes it battle. 
Now going into 17 and 18, you have an epic showdown. So it is it has definitely changed. I really like Big Germ, your passionate talk right there. I think it was great. It we're gonna clip it and share it. I think that's what we needed to hear for where disc golf is at. Do we want to try to break the tie? Because we have a little statter fiction. <clears throat> that's where we're at. Uh, yeah. The no, three I'm, I'm okay, everyone's in. Let's just do it real quick. Pull up uh statter fiction. Go ahead, Ben. No, I'm kidding. We, we don't have a scene for this because we have everybody in here. So Evan's going to read out this. If you've never played it before, there's a stat he reads, and we have to decide if it's true or false. So here, and this will go around just like we did. How do we want to do it? Extended version? You want to make it quick? We, I think we should. Everybody can obviously play mentally, but I think just the three who made the playoff and here. You have to write it down? Yeah, they should write it down. All right. Here we go. Go ahead, Evan. Yeah, I mean, just keep it going. All right, all right. Um, wow. It's crazy how quick that. So this is stat or fiction. I'm going to say a statement. If you think it is a true statement, you're going to say stat. If you think it is not true, it's going to be fiction. I'm mixing it in with a few open-ended questions and I'll make that obvious when we get to it. Uh, we'll kind of speed this up as we go through the question. But the first one is, uh, Kristen Tatar had the highest rated and lowest rated event rating from an FPO winner in elite series and majors this year. She has the highest event rating and the lowest event rating from FPO Elite Series winners in 2022. Is that a stat or fiction? And this is not at the same event. It's just over the, the elites. Elite Series 2022. All right. So everybody can obviously play along, but we're going to go to the three who tied. So do you guys need more time? All right. We'll start uh, with all. I'm trying to think of all her wins this year. It's stat or fiction? Is it a stat or is it fiction? I'm going to go with fiction. Okay. Uh, Al Alden. 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 <laughs> I just said it three times, different ways. The Elden Scrolls have written down his selection. All right, who fiction. else is in this? Yeah, me. I wrote fiction. I can't think of a time when she didn't just absolutely kill it. <laughs> Honestly, I can't. Also wrote fiction. Did everybody say fiction? All right, Evan. Man, y'all are forgetting about the ratings killer of the Windy Emporia, Kansas, which was not the lowest event oh. rating from a winner this year. It was the fifth lowest. Okay. Uh, so this is fiction. Yes. She does have the highest event rating. We're still rating. tied. That We're was still Joan tied. Thorough at 1,009. Her 983 at DDO was the fifth lowest. The lowest was actually Paige Pierce at the European Open with the 977. Oh, wow. We're still tied, everybody. What an embarrassing right. major win, Paige. Jeez. Everyone has got a point there. All right, let's go again. I don't think I have a point. I was just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris, I'm bringing this question about you. In the first round of the 2018 World Championships, which was at Smuggler's Notch, you took a par in round one on hole 18. Since that round, Chris Dickerson has yet to par hole 18 at Fox Run at Smuggler's Notch from Elite Series and Majors and Tournament Play. <laughs> I wish we had a face cam for him right now. So <laughs> that's, like, that is 19. We played it in 20. 21 says eight times. It, it's been played every single year. And in, twice. And this is since the first round of the 2018 World Championship. So you have rounds three oh, so, so nine. and five oh. from 2018. Then you have two rounds from 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. So is that that's 10 total rounds. 10 total not? rounds. We, we played Fox Run three times. So uh, in 2018 Worlds. So I, I pretty much the answer. last 10 times Chris Dickerson has played whole 18 at Fox Run, 
he has not parred it. Because you guys are locking in your answers, it doesn't matter the order. So it's once Big Germ feels like he has it locked in, we can go whoever wants. Doing research. Their phone a friend. Stack. Stat. Stat. Don't worry. I, on my own show, I do that too. Uh, he put stat. I put fiction. Big Germ says fiction. Stat. And Brittany says stat. All right. This is a... Stat. In in 2018 Worlds, he went birdie birdie in rounds three and five. In 2019, he went birdie birdie. In 2020, he went bogey and quad bogey. Uh, In 2021, he went birdie birdie. And in 2022, he went birdie and triple bogey. Wow. In total, total, he has seven birdies and four bogeys since that par. (laughs) Nope. Okay, but what's the total par to over par? Oh, yeah. Is that par? Uh, yeah. If, so no, seven second, birdies. If he's at even par, I think yeah. I'm back in it. Well, so it's okay. Here's here's a way of doing it. Seven seven birdies, but he has a triple and a quad bogey, so those two oh, alone yeah, he, do it. He's uh, over. So then he's two two That's over because he has two. No, no, no. He has a double in there too. Oh man. Yeah. Three okay. big. Ugh. That is funny. So let's do it. Let's do it this style elimination. So it's down to Brittany and Alden. Um, we're not quite at a tiebreaker yet. We're getting there. All right. So. Alden's still in this one. Yes. And Brittany. and Brittany. This is the third oh. question. So if they're yeah. still tied, we have one playoff. All right, all right. I'll, I'll stick it with the stat or fiction on this one okay. uh, instead of an open-ended one as I, I tease. But I, I'll, I'll leave those for the end if we need. Um, Alden Harris went 22 How under. How is that fair? <laughs> you can't do a stat or fiction on him. Can you hold up, please? It starts with him. It doesn't end with okay, him. Okay, okay. Well, okay. not necessarily. Uh Alden Harris went 22 down in rounds three and four at Green Mountain Championship this past weekend. That is the best score in the final two rounds of any elite series or major this season. That's the best score to par, of course. I don't care about total strokes. For the last two rounds. For the last two. Yes. That's a tough one. That's a stat or fiction? At Elite Series, everybody, anybody who did the last two rounds. Yeah, if you think it was the best score in the final two rounds in Elite Series and Majors this season, it would be a stat. If you think someone did better, it is fiction. You got to lock in. You can't. Uh, yeah. I wrote it down. <laughs> well, Alden, go. Brittany's forcing Alden. He needs some time. We're your two rounds. It's got to be fiction. Okay, so wait, I don't know what she answered yet. What did you answer? I wrote fiction. So you're going to be tied either way. Here's a tiebreaker. Who would it be? I was trying and to figure how, it out. Or, or how many I, is it? I got tiebreaker. He has a tiebreaker, which we'll do this for us. I think I would know who it, I have a guess. Okay, what's the answer? Is it a stat oh, or me. fiction? This is a fiction. Is okay. it Paul McBeth at Champions Cup? Wow, oh. it is not, and I actually want to figure out why it's not. Because it was 16 under. Did he not? He went even around three? Okay. I'll, I'll try to find We're still tied, but he has a usually has a tiebreaker. Yeah, he has backups. I knew he would. And it's going to be open-ended to where who's closest to. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what McBest was in Champions Cup. I'll get that. But does anyone actually know who the best was? I do. It was Isaac. <laughs> no, it was not. It's actually Chris Dickerson at LWS went 20 oh, that guy. down in that rounds guy. two and three. Did you not know that? <laughs> no. Uh, now you know. Uh, 
the value the Nick and Matt show brings is just phenomenal. Yes. All right. Robinson was at uh, 22 down uh, for those two rounds. All right. Tiebreaker. Do we need to write um, this down? Do you have like a closest two type tiebreaker? Trying to figure out Paul McBeth was. Are oh, you still on the Paul McBeth? God, I don't even know that. I would really have to think about that. All right. Uh, Kristen Tatar had a thousand rated uh, event rating um, this past week in a GMC. In total, she has five. She actually has the last five times an FPO player has had an 1,000 plus event rating in Elite Series and Majors. How many total 1,000 plus event ratings have there been in FPO Elite Series and Majors? Open-ended, how many numbers? <laughs> Including hers. So, Kristen Tatar is five. I just told you that. She has the last five. It gives you some hints. This is all-time? All-time in FPO. How many thousand-rated event ratings price have there right been? Rules? No prices, right rules. Just who's the closest. You guys got to lock it in, and then we'll share. I don't want to because no. they're both. You cannot help But then him. who goes second Stop gets an advantage? Him. All right. Yeah. Right. If you know what each other's going to say, then you're going to guess over or under. Okay. He's locked in. All right. 11. 11,000. What was it? 11,000 rated rounds all time. All time. 11. Wait, yeah. Tournament averages. Tournament, tournament averages, yes. Okay. Oh, tournament averages. Yeah, not, not rounds. Tournament averages. I think it's like 20, 25. I think it's higher than that. I didn't write anything because Alden didn't write anything. Give us an actual. 20 or 20? 20. All right, so we got 11 and 20. What would be exactly in between? That's nine, so okay. There is going to be a winner here. <laughs> the answer is, I actually lost it, so I'm trying to find it out. <laughs> Drum I have roll. A tab, I have a tab for <laughs> Ready? The answer is 24. Oh, Brittany. Oh, Paige is... Pierce alone has 13. Wow. Um, Katrina Allen has That's two. Really no cool. other player has one. Uh, although Katrina Allen's two was at a tour championship. And um, just mad because they cheated and still didn't win. <laughs> and I don't even play disc golf, so. Brittany Dickerson, everybody. She takes it down. No, nobody likes a sore winner. <laughs> sore winner. <laughs> All right. I, I got one more fun one. Uh, oh. No points on this one. Who is the only professional in this room that Nick Carl has beaten in a PDG event? Uh, at true professional, so not. It's got to be me. No beaten. I honestly don't think it's anyone. <laughs> Actually, um, placed is this, higher is than this all is time. Yeah, placed higher than in all PDG events. All right. I only want to say. Division. So, what did you place at Worlds last year? <laughs> well, what did, what did you place at Worlds last year? He needs year? a microphone if you're asking a question. Okay. All right. What did you finish at overall? Do you remember? Like, how many down? All right. I think if it's going to be anyone, I think it'd be Alden. The only reason I say that is because of Worlds last year, where, like, someone could have played bad at it. But yeah, I'm going to go with Ganon. I don't... Uh, Ganon could play left-handed right now, and I think he's going to beat me. Finding out I'm just mad at Ganon for cheating. Yeah. I don't know. Who is it? Hold on. I'm getting up the exact numbers. <laughs> Stat zone, everybody, Ooh. on statmando.com. I don't think it's anyone. It was Alden Harris at a 2022 Open at Belton. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, a belt. And God, you've got like you last cash there, bro. What you the finished heck? 40th. Oh, God. Alden Harris finished 63rd. Crispy right. to set that one by a pretty good amount. I. Music City. <laughs> All right. My girlfriend lives there now, so I'll get some good practice. Well, good news is we said enough nice things about everybody here that he can take a little bit like that. I hope. Alden takes the yellow belt. <laughs> All right. Um, as we close this out, um, I do have to talk about a product that I use after rounds called Hempfield Botanicals. This is a CBD cream. This is muscle recovery specifically in a little pump bottle. You use it after your rounds and it helps make you feel better. When you feel better, you play better. Uh, they also have a salve, a Hempfield Botanical salve. This is more targeted pain relief. If your joints are excessively sore or you had something traumatic happen, go ahead and apply it. It works well. We also have the chapstick. And every time I demonstrate this, and it just happens that Hannah McBeth's on the show, she says I apply it really weird, like every man does or something. So I don't know. It's a great product. You get 20% off. You go to hempfieldbotanicals.com. Use the code Nick and Matt. 20% off is a lot when you're purchasing CBD products. So go check it out. We thank them for their support very much. Bef Bef Can I request the application? Yeah, <laughs> application. Absolutely. No, I'm asking because like I want to the... see your weird oh. application. <laughs> we I gotta make sure I don't. So one time I grabbed the snap stick, which was the grip enhancer, and that oh was an God. accident. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Oh, you what are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like he overaccentuated oh. the fucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody's repulsed. Matt, Matt, you're off the show. Sorry. <laughs> all right. It's like you're brushing well, your teeth first with of a all, beef jerky stick. Like, first of all, <laughs> I have a microphone here, so it's awkward for me. But yes, I do apply. I don't know how I would apply it differently. So, I have but, one last question. But, Why does Nick look like Edward Cullen in your logo? In our logo? Um, oh, let me see. yeah. I, funny I enough, when we it. when we got Hold that on, picture done, I, I was actually here. Here it is. Feel like really tan at that point. I just put up the logo. Oh so no, I wasn't. It. That was we. So we sent to get our logo done. You can go back to twenty twenty of March because we started the podcast in twenty twenty. So being here in New England, you don't get tan in the winter time. That <laughs> is a little bit tanner. But then I tend when to the be summer a little, comes. Yeah. Like I was working outside at my old job, and I remember after like two months, I was much tanner than Matt, and I'm like, so anyways, you look like yeah. Casper's ghost, and that yeah I know, and it's I like funny. feel ashamed. So I'm like <laughs> kind of a tan person. Cullen. Anywho, we gotta I give got, him a little before, flow now and a little mustache. Yeah. It'll be beautiful. The mustache is coming off this week. You need okay. to update Nick in that. <sighs> I gotta get on that. So I really want to wrap it up. Well, but I, wanna, I feel like I yeah. want, the only reason I, I like five more minutes and that's all this is going <laughs> to do it. It's not all it's going to take, but we'll try to keep is it. Is this five the umbrella minutes. talk? I just, we, we would be dumb to not talk about Ricky's comments about worlds and everything uh, like that. And I think just mm. because it's been such like a huge thing that we would have to talk about There's it. There's so much to talk about. We might have to do another episode this week, but yeah. go ahead. Well, this is literally go just ahead like on really this quick. one. And yeah. I was saying earlier, like he was saying how not always is the best player who won worlds, you know, or not always. I have the Sorry, quote. How do I phrase it now? Let me see. I'll find Give it. Give me a second. The best player doesn't always <laughs> win worlds. Or like Here's the someone who's not number one in the world can win worlds because they have a good weekend. He said, I think a lot of times it turns out that the world champion is the best player in the world. But there's a lot of years also that the world champion isn't the best player in the world. There's a big difference between world champion and being the best player in the world. So, there's a big difference. How many times has that happened, though? And... I'm going to say that open-ended, but at the same time, like I kind of want to answer it too. If you look at on the MPO side in the last 10 years of world championships, we've technically only answer. had nine of them. I have an answer. There's been two players 
who I think personally were not the number one player that year, that's two out of nine. Like, what are the percentages on that? Because, like, that's not good. That doesn't, that's not a lot. Like, I don't consider that a lot. 60% of the time, yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg Barsby and James Conrad, they yeah. weren't the respected I got some, number one I got some players. I data those. to share, too. What's up? I got some data to share, too. So the Statmando official rankings, we brought it back all the way to 2006. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, of course, their rank going into Worlds. It doesn't say it at the end of the year and mm -hmm. whether they'd be the player of the year or not. There's only been three times since 2006 that there's been a player outside the top five uh, in the rankings going into that week to right. win. Avery Jenkins, Greg Barsby, James Conrad. Uh, almost. Uh, it's Eric McCabe in 2010. Ooh. We had him ranked 7th. Okay. Uh, James Conrad was 10th. Greg Barsby was 11th. Okay. Uh, and, and fun fact for this, too, is Aaron Gossage was 25th. So that would have been incredible. That's it over been, double yeah. what Greg Barsby it was. Blown it out. Yeah. Um, but six times since 2006, the number one player has gone on to win. I mean, Paul McBeth was the number two going into this year. He took it back to one um, very next week. But then now Ricky, I think, has it again. I'd have to double check. But either way, like that can be an argument. I understand that yeah. is a different argument. But when people say like it's happened so much, one player could get hot that week. Like it literally in the last 10 years, maybe maybe even 11 years since Nate Doss won it in 2011. We've seen that really happen twice. Why people do you think he said really that? Really good pushes towards it. Why do you think he said that? Because well, I mean, yeah, he's technically he's number one. And you could argue that he is having the better year, especially after this Elite Series event. You could argue it, but. This is where, yeah, and he also didn't win it. Like, I'll say this. Ricky didn't show up at Worlds. Jeremy was talking earlier about Ricky making every single Circle 1X putt this last weekend at GMC. Ricky missed a bullseye putt, what looks like, at Worlds. Like, that's just the Ricky that we saw at Worlds this year. So, yeah, I, I get it. But I, I think there was a little bit... I, I'm just saying this personal opinion. I think there was a little bit of saltiness towards it. That's what I was asking. And I think, like, why honestly, do you think he said it? Ricky, yeah. Ricky and Paul have arguably one of the best rivalries in disc golf and it's been like that for a decade which is incredible to see i mean for you know paul to win four in a row ricky to win two in a row paul to come back and win in 2019 with greg winning and then james conrad winning i think yeah technically speaking not always does the best player in the world win the world championships but that's literally every single sport out there now someone was saying in tennis it's a little bit different how they do it but I, I'm going to go back to the Patriots, the year they were undefeated, all up until the friggin' Super Bowl, and then they lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, like, you could have That's Ricky also could really win Americanized every single too. major, every single Elite Series event and Silver Series event, except for the World Championships. And guess what? It is what it is. That wasn't your week. You did not win a World Championship. Now, if you want to talk about the consistency going out through the whole year, that's the Player of the Year award. And if you want that to be something that is held in a higher regard. Like I have no idea how many player of the year awards Ken Climo has or Paul Macbeth has or Ricky Wysocki it's has. It's a shame. Because we don't we don't talk about that that much. That, those are incredible seasons by those players. How how many MVPs does Michael Jordan have? He's Three? six. Oh, he's got six of them? Yeah. Okay. I mean like yeah. Yeah. MVP is a big deal in other sports. Yes. And essentially player of the year is our MVP. Mm -hmm. Right? And we right now the PDGA has kind of just stuck with this archaic system of handing off an obelisk and giving this player this two minutes. It's a sick obelisk. No, they Don't do. get me wrong. They weren't even going to do awards this year yeah, until that. Paul Yuleberry and I went down and talked to Rebecca, who was like, no, I totally agree. She's because we spoke to her was the only reason they gave the players their time. And I think that's a shame if they don't get their awards there. That's fine. But they need to be recognized. That's that's a shame that these people 
points leader is one thing because people can just go grab points at tournaments and it still is a remarkable accomplishment, but points is subjective and I don't think it's really that interesting. A player of the year in any division, specifically MPO and FPO, player of the year should not only have a financial incentive from the PDGA, and I think that now since they're not, they're not putting money towards a national tour point system, a whole series of tournaments that they're having to shell out money for, they're not paying out 10, 15 places like they were at the national tour. I think they should take that money and that focus. And, you know, honestly, PDJ does a lot for the pro. I think it's fun to bash the PDJ and what they're not doing. <laughs> they do a lot for our sport, and I think it gets overlooked. At the same time, there is an opportunity for them to give a kickback directly attributed to player of the year. However you want to decide that, you know, let, let the powers that be come up with a system that we can vote on or whatever and come up with a system that we say, okay, we'll use this system as a player of the year indicator. And at the end of the year, we are going to recognize whether it be the top three, the top five, top 10, I don't care if they do like the national tour, then top 15 players on tour from all the qualifying events, get recognized and get a fat bonus from the PDGA itself, just like they would in the NBA. I think, I mean, I don't know. Is there incentives? Either way, yeah, it's a big deal. For, yeah, if you were to get MVP in the NBA, you get a massive bonus. It's like totally. winning the Cy Young in the MLB. Whoever right. wins the Cy Young, you're probably getting a, you're getting a massive bonus from your organization. It doesn't have to be the MLB organization, but like your organization, your team that you play for is giving you a bonus. So if let's say Ricky wins player of the year again this year, and he wants that to be really well recognized, then like DD should be massively promoting that and making that something that players should strive for more. I think there's one more thing I want to say about the Ricky thing, mm -hmm. because I think we're making too much, too big of a deal about yeah. it. I think that Ricky's just going off the cuff there. I don't remember the question that was asked that led into that. And I feel like a lot of the, a lot of times those kind of answers are based off a conversation you have with a friend and you're like, Oh, that was kind of a neat idea. Yeah. And then you share it. And then it's like, Oh, wow. It. Ricky's take is in that, poor yeah. taste, you know? And yeah. it's like, maybe he was just sharing his opinion that he thought was a neat thing. And like, it turns out to be this thing where we all scrutinize every word he says. And of course that's just what that comes with the fame and the power and your words being heard by everybody. But at the same time, like, I don't know, it could have just been a hot take that he may or may not be passionate about. Yeah. He might be very yeah. passionate about that. But if he's not, then I think it's funny that we're always like scrutinizing, overanalyzing every yeah. single thing that he says. With with the way Ricky had said it, and I get it, everyone is entitled to an opinion. And I can say whether I like that opinion or not, because I'm also entitled to saying that, especially on a platform like this. The only thing, like, I love that he brought up the idea of it. I love that he was actually talking about it. He can speak his mind on it. The only thing that was kind of like weird to me is when he air quoted, you know, the newest world champion. Like, why are we air quoting the world champion? Shit, that's weird. You know, like it's <laughs> it's like, okay, Ricky, you won 2016 and 2017. You are the world champion of those years. Like, yeah, I mean, our sport, like for a lot of other players, you know, we base kind of like what we talk about, like Matt. How many majors does Ken Climo have? 18, 17. 18. 18. How many USDGCs has Ken Climo won? That's got to be a good handful. How many world championships <laughs> has Ken Climo won? MPO? Yeah. You know that answer so much quicker than you do USDGC. He's won Worlds 12, USDGC 5, and Japan <laughs> once when Japan was a major. Like, 
you talk about Paul, you talk about he's a six-time world champion. Okay, how many times has he won Europe? How but this is how the USCGC? sport is right now. And the big germs point, yeah. and I'll just, I think to wrap it up, because we could talk all night on it, is other other sports. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no, we're ending this. We're ending this right now. Other sports, other sports <laughs> recognize their players for big moments and they make a big deal out of it. And that's how you determine what's valuable, right? Yeah. And right now what's happening is we have determined that the world championships is our valuable like thing. That's what has happened. I think if we're going to do and make something else equally valuable or more valuable, like an MVP, which I could see that being an awesome moment, right? You have to make a big celebration out of it, uh, an honorable moment with a crowd and live stream it and make it a, a black tie event and have everybody go and award and do the whole thing. Our MVP of the year, make it the biggest thing, because if we're just going to say you get a trophy in the mail and good job, everyone's going to point their focus on the show, which is world championship. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. We, we don't have much say here. The players do. Your players, obviously, you can speak up on that. Um, this has been an excellent show. There's so much we could have covered and we're going to cover a lot next week. Uh, thank you very much for coming into studio. Um, I hope the, the chat loved it. I think here and the, the fans listening later, it seems like we fixed our podcast issues from last week. So that's great. Um, yeah, if anything wasn't good, just blame it on intern Ben. You'll see him out there at MVP open <laughs> to, good. uh, Everyone hanging out in the chat right now, every single one of these players has some sort of tour series disc that you can go support their life. So, Isaac, what do you have? You have an... Isaac has an F3, 500 series plastic. Gannon has a D1. Showing it in the camera right there. He's got a D1. Alden, I don't know where it went, but he's got a PA1. Oh, Hunter Graham over there has it. Oh, uh, Chris Dickerson has a tour series buzz. Also, a ton of stuff is dropping on the Chris Dickerson website. Go ahead and shout it out. Specifically, this two intern bin CD buzz. Oh, snap. Uh, on the on the website, we just released the Scorch, the Wasp, uh, and the Zone. There you go. Wow. Scorch, Wasp, Zone on there. Paul McBeth throws a Chris Dickerson force. So... Uh, Chris Dickerson did that robot chicken stamp first Chris Dickerson one with buzz on like the buzz when you first came over. Yep. I have a couple of those. Are those worth anything? Uh, yes, they are. Okay. Should I sit on them? You should probably. Okay. Uh, I like to throw them though. <laughs> I'm not telling you where they are. <laughs> right. And Gannon, uh, I've got some proto prodigy stuff. I know you're into, but uh, maybe. Jeremy. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. So I've got the, uh, I've got the Tour Series Thunderbird, obviously. That's been, um, like, basically my income since 2017, and I really appreciate anyone who supported that. It's been probably the most lucky thing that's ever fallen into my lap was the availability of having that disc, and I think it's one of the best fairway drivers ever made. If if you call it a fairway driver, it's probably a distance driver. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, yeah, the Halo Boss this year was, um, you know, getting a second Tour Series disc from Innova this year was a huge thing, and... I think the Halo Boss is the best overstable distance driver ever made. Um, I can't believe how good it came out. It far, in a way, blew away my expectations of the disc. I hoped it'd be good. I didn't think it could possibly be as good as it turned out. So if you can't get your hands on a Halo Boss, I would definitely say if you got the power for it, do it. And the, the stock AVRX3 that Innova agreed to, to give me this year, I'm honestly just, I, I have to pinch myself because I can't <laughs> believe it's all real, but there's plenty of ways you can support the the German Jules clan. That's for sure. There you go. So go check them all out on Instagram, all that good stuff. They all have social media and uh, best of luck to the players this week at the second 
playoff event this year. We don't really know what that is, but it's a four-round event. Whoa. Good luck to everybody. We made the playoffs, yeah, and, I know, I know. and not to jump off the tour series disc. It's not a tour series disc, but Statmando does have some Statmando glowy stat zones. Oh, and you can get those where infinite discs. There you go. I know Matt has one. He What's was the stats it over on how many were made? Yeah, side. A limited number. Yeah. Oh, I qualify. I like percentages. So. Anyways, everybody okay. in chat, thank you for tuning in tonight. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, check us out on all your favorite podcasts. Yep, the whole uh, time. Yep, right there. <laughs> they were reading so your Jules chats. is leaning back to say hi. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Everybody, good luck this weekend. Tell someone you love them. We'll see you guys next week. And I got to do this. Intern Ben, you're awesome. Isaac, you're awesome. Gannon, you're awesome. Alden, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Jules, you're awesome. Chris, you're awesome. Britton, you're awesome. Jerry, you're, you're okay. awesome. Evan, you're awesome. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. You see ya. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.